This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, the Charlotte Motor Speedway will host the Winston and the Winston Open. Both have a special appeal to the race fan and both put an awful lot of money on the line for the drivers here today. First off the line will be the Winston Open. 34 drivers will run that race here shortly. Most of the drivers in it have never won a Winston Cup race, so a victory would be especially sweet for almost everyone in the field, Mike Joy. That's true, Barney. We've already had a lot of surprises here at Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend, and one of the biggest is the fellow who'll start on the pole for the Winston Open. Ned Jarrett is with him. And Mike Joy, he has officially only started one Winston Cup race. That was the World 600 a year ago here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Last week, he was named to drive the Haas Ellington car. He responded by sitting on the pole. Brett, that had to be quite a send-off for you and Haas Ellington. It really was, Ned. You know, uh, I've always felt the team had a lot of potential, and that's why I came with Haas, and uh, I guess we got to show ourselves a little bit yesterday, and hopefully today we can put that bullseye barbecue sauce car up front and keep it there all day. What is the strategy? Well, you know, I haven't had a chance to test the car or drive the car in the draft, so I got some feeling out to do here early in the race, and then maybe we can get the thing dialed in a little bit and uh, go on and win it here at the end. Well, even though there's 19 drivers that are in the Winston a little bit later on today, this is still a tough field. It really is, you know, a very competitive field, and uh, I think you're going to see a heck of a race here in the Winston Open. Okay, good luck. Thank you, Ned. Might remind you also that the winner of the Winston Open moves into the Winston a little bit later this afternoon, and that's quite an additive incentive right there to win this thing and have a shot to win $200,000. The field is pretty well loaded with talent in the Winston Open, and Brett Bonine might have hit the nail on the head when he said this will be a tremendous show. Let's run you through the starting lineup. Back in row 17 in 34th position, driver Bobby Walwack of Villa Park, Illinois, the Walwack Racing Chevrolet. 33rd, Australian driver from Sydney, Tony Spanos in the Hilton Racing Chevrolet. 32nd is Mike Potter from Johnson City, Tennessee, in the Step Racing Ford, 31st, Eddie Beerswall, San Antonio, Texas, the TRW South Lake Racing Ford, 30th, J.D. McDuffie, hails from Sanford, North Carolina, the Rumpel Furniture Company Racing Pontiac, 29th is young Kirk Bryan out of Thomasville, North Carolina, the Bryant Racing Chevrolet, 28th, chalk in there, Jonathan Lee Edwards of Lake Wiley, South Carolina, in the Edwards Racing Chevrolet, 27th, Charlie Baker of New Oxford, Pennsylvania, in the Axiom Research Chevrolet. 26, Randy Baker from Charlotte, North Carolina, the Sony Magnetic Product Chevrolet. Starting 25th, California driver from San Diego, Mark Stahl in the Auto Bell Car Wash Ford. 24th, Phil Barkdahl, Phoenix, Arizona, the Helen Ray Chevrolet. 23rd, Buddy Arrington, Martinsville, Virginia, in the panel knitting Ford. 22nd is driver Rick Noop from Laguna Niguel, California, in the Sandoz Kroger Metro Mobile Chevrolet. And starting 21st, Steve Chrisman from Fort Wayne, Indiana, the AC Spark Plug Pontiac. Trevor Boys of Calgary, Ontario goes, or Calgary, Canada, it's in Alberta. The Broadway Motor Chevrolet is his ride. 19th, Slick Johnson of Florence, South Carolina, in the Roger Hamby Oldsmobile. H.B. Bailey of Houston, Texas, the Almeda Auto Parts, National Motors Pontiac starts 18th. 17th, you've heard from Jim Sauter from Decatur, Wisconsin. He's in the Evinrude Pontiac. Mike Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, in the Sadler Bear Racing Chevrolet is 16th. 15th is veteran Jimmy Means of Huntsville, Alabama, the Voiles Auto Salvage Pontiac. 14th, rookie Jesse Samples, Jr. of Fort Mill, South Carolina, the Allen's Glass Chevrolet. 13th to be Rodney Combs of Lost Creek, West Virginia in the Sunny King Ford. 12th, Chet Phillip of San Angelo, Texas, the War Valves Ford. And 11th, Bill Parsons out of Farmington Hills, Michigan, the Fast Fair Copenhagen Oldsmobile. Tenth spot is Dale Jarrett, Hickory, North Carolina, the Friedlander Chevrolet. Sterling Marlin starts in ninth position, the Piedmont Airlines Underall Oldsmobile. Starting in eighth position is Derek Cope from Spanaway, Washington, the Alugard Racing Ford. Seventh is Don Paul of Berrien Springs, Michigan, in the Cyclo Automotive Product Chevrolet. Sixth is Rick Wilson, Bartow, Florida, the Kodak Film Oldsmobile. Fifth, 
Buddy Baker, Mooresville, North Carolina, Crisco Oldsmobile. In the second row is Kenny Schrader of Fenton, Missouri in the Red Baron Frozen Pizza Ford. And starting third is Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi in the Wins Kmart Oldsmobile. Alan Kulwicki won the outside pole spot for the Winston Open from Greenfield, Wisconsin. The Xerox Antifreeze Ford at 168.9 miles per hour. And on the pole is first ride for Haas Ellington in the Bullseye Barbecue Chevrolet, Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York. Just heading down to turns one and two, and that's where Eli Gold will cover the action for us this afternoon. We're here right off the corner, surrounded as we are by about 100 members of the North Carolina Highway Patrol who are also taking in the action. The field beginning to bunch up. The light is already out atop the safety car as they head towards turns three and four. Dan. Down here, Dave Despain standing by to cover the action as they go into turn three. Brett Bodine has hustled up into his pole position. That car very slow to start, but he is now back on the point as they head off into that new pavement that has changed the banking here from 24 to now 26 degrees. A little steeper, a whole lot faster. We're ready for a quick 150 miles. The Oldsmobile Tornado Safety Car at the head end of Pitt Road makes a sharp left turn, and the field addresses itself to the starting line, and the Winston Open, 150 miles, is set to get underway. Down the line, the green flag yet to be displayed. Now it comes out, and they come up through the gearbox, and Bodine will get a good jump on the start as he pulls away from Alan Kulwicki by half a car length and back scoots in front of him as they hit turn one. Most everybody coming up to full racing song in a hurry as they work single file. The only man caught out of line for the moment being forced to the high side is Derek Cope, who started six. He's now back at 12. And the first six cars break away. It is Bodine taking the advantage. Kulwicki is second. Lake Speed jumps into third spot. Then comes Kenny Schrader fourth into the fifth position goes Buddy Baker, sixth Rick Wilson. Going to be a bit of smoker up in turn number three, and caution is coming out on this, the first lap of the Winston Open. To the line, Kulwicki wins the battle to the caution flag by a car length over Brett Bodine. Lake Speed runs third, Buddy Baker is fourth, as one car limps onto pit road from up near turn four. Short race today for Trevor Boys as he heads down pit road, and the car appears not to be running. He'll go into the pits. They'll see if they can get him back underway. Let's go to the pits and Ned Jarrett. Well, there was a problem on the Brent Bodine car when he first cranked it, Barney Hall, but uh, it was something wrong with the clutch. They got it fixed, though, and he, of course, was back out there, and everything appears to be okay now as Trevor Boys does roll into the garage area. Whatever the problem was on Bodine's car, he got up through that gearbox in a hurry and took off into turn number one and pulled away by a car length or so, but then Alan Kowicki expressed an awful lot of strength in the back straightaway and up through three and four and came back around to lead that first lap under green here this afternoon. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Field is heading over to turn number three, and the indication was given at the start-finish line by flagman Harold Kinder that we will get the green this time around, and apparently it will be a single-file restart. They're up in turn four now in front of Dave Despain. And showing away is Alan Colwicki, who in a way is back into a situation that uh, 
he, I was going to say, enjoyed. He didn't really enjoy it much last year. He's doing most of his own work on his car. Obviously, the work that's most important is putting his foot down, and he certainly did that on lap one. He'll head the field as they come for green. Green flag, single file restart. They won't stay that way for very long, although Kowicki gets a good start, jumps out a couple of car lengths ahead. The car that's trying to move up right now is Sterling Marlin. That's for about six position down in turn one. Sterling works to the outside of Rick Wilson in the Kodak car. Wilson stays down low. Further back, it's Jim Sauter quickly picking up six, seven positions on the start, but Kowicki pulls away. Kowicki got a great jump and has pulled out a 50-yard advantage over the second-place man, the pole setter Bodine. In the third spot goes Lake Speed. Kenny Schrader on the outside of Buddy Baker side-by-side side for fourth and fifth as they come off turn four. Baker had a thought about it on the low side of the racetrack, but the Crisco Olds wouldn't hold the bottom through turn number four. Schrader is on the move. He sneaks under Lake Speed in the tri-oval. He may get the third spot in turn one. Schrader sticks the nose of the Thunderbird inside Lake Speed's Oldsmobile, still accelerating on the low side of the racetrack. Schrader now with a half-car length advantage. The leader is Kowicki. Brett Bodine is second, three Wade for third. Baker making the move on the inside. They stack him three deep, and into the inside, Buddy Baker passes two cars, moves to the bottom. He'll go in side-by-side side in third spot. Lake Speed moves up the racetrack, now tries to come back around the outside of Baker. Talk about being pumped up. Buddy Baker is in front of his hometown fans this afternoon. He stuck them three wide going down the back straightaway and carried him into turn three that way. He is still door-to-door with Lake Speed for third spot and trouble in one. There's trouble as Rick Wilson shows smoke. The car spins up into the outside retaining wall. Three other cars are collected as they try to spin and avoid. Everyone else now hard on the binders. The front cars had gotten by, but from position five on back, it collects a number of automobiles, including Don Paul, including Sterling Marlin, Benny Parsons, who's back in the Copenhagen car, and the man who started the problem, Rick Wilson. That will be Phil Parsons in that car here this afternoon. Quite a pileup in turn one, and Rick Wilson's Oldsmobile is heavily damaged as we look down on the apron of the racetrack up there and see quite a bit of sheet metal damage to it. It appeared that he lost an engine just going into the corner right in the middle of that pack of traffic. For an update, let's go back to Eli Gold. The car has come to a stop with extensive damage, as you say, Barney. It is now pointed towards the infield, the nose in, if you will, and the safety cruiser quickly on the scene. He was running in that battle between himself, Lake Speed, Schrader, and a couple of others for third spot on back. So the front two had gotten by, and a host of other cars came along. Some quickly got in the binders. Some were able to avoid. Others were not. The other cars we did mention have all now been able to pull away from the scene of the accident, including the Parsons car. But when all is said and done, it's Rick Wilson who seems to have the end of an afternoon right now. Well, he had trouble here the other day. They had an engine expire on the car here in the north end of the speedway, and he got a piece of the wall up there and almost total lost a car. And they had to go to a backup car here for this weekend. And again, he's had trouble in the Kodak, this backup car down in turns one and two. Well, there are an awful lot of interested observers standing atop the NASCAR trucks in the garage area, and most of those are the 19 drivers who are set to go a little bit later in the Winston this afternoon to kind of see what the cars are doing out there. Field is in front of Eli Gold. Another youngster I'm watching is Jesse Samples Jr. Started 15th. He's now running up in the number 12 position, a veteran of the Charlotte Daytona Dash Series. He's made some entrees onto Bush Grand National Racing and his Allen's Glass car to interesting color green with yellow trim. He's moving up very consistently and confidently. He's going to be a youngster we're going to be hearing a lot about as the years go on. Very talented young driver. And in fact, a lot of the drivers have been watching this youngster. Single file. They work over to turn number three and Alan Kulwicki has been very strong in the early going, Dave Despain, as he's been through your end of the racetrack. He's been able to pull everyone off that corner by four or five car lengths. Car really seems to dig right out of the turn. And I don't know what the secret is, but Kulwicki seems to have found it. Came up through the box real quick on the last restart. Put about 50 yards on him. Let's see if he can do it again. 
Down to the start-finish line, Harold Kinder waves the green, and Kulwicki pulls them off the corner by two car lengths. Brett Bodine rides second, Baker is third, Speed is fourth. Dale Jarrett comes up on the outside of Derek Cope to challenge for fifth. Derek Cope trying to work on the inside of the racetrack, but he's going to get passed by both Dale Jarrett and potentially Jim Sauter as well. The front four pull away, and Buddy Baker wants second. And Baker dives down to the inside. That's where he went three wide right before the last yellow flag. He makes quick work of Bodine to take over that number two spot. Lake Speed moves up to challenge Bodine for third. Kowicki is pulling away. Buddy Baker is so strong in the back straightaway, it's frightening. He knocks off about three cars going down there and takes them three wide into the corner almost any time he wants to. Has his sights set on the leader right now, and he's reeling him in down in turn one. Buddy Baker would like nothing better than being able to put on the good show here, but further back at sixth spot, Jim Sauter makes a move to the low side of Dale Jarrett, and here comes Michael Waltrip as well. So Sauter and Mike Waltrip and Rodney Combs now working their way to the point. That is a tremendous battle going on back there for seventh spot. Meanwhile, Baker continues to reel in the fleeing Kulwicki, and the race for third has Bodine and Lake Speed pretty well engaged. Don't make Buddy Baker mad, and Davey Allison indirectly did just that at Talladega. When Allison won the Winston 500, it knocked Baker out of the starting lineup for the Winston. He has to win this race to get back in. Buddy Baker's within five car lanes of the race leader now, while Lake Speed, who's running fourth in car 83, closes in on Brett Bodine. Jesse Samples is off the racetrack. He spins towards the apron, works hard to keep it straight. It's veering left. It's Spearing right, he backs into the inside retaining wall, and Jesse Samples finally spins on the back straightaway. Looks like we might stay green. He is out of harm's way, just lightly brushed that inside wall. Jesse Samples is on it. Caution is coming out of the racetrack as they cross the start-finish line. So the car will be stranded out there, and NASCAR will drop the third caution flag of the afternoon as Jesse Samples had problems going off turn number two. 22 laps complete in the Winston Open at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Alan Kulwicki leading Buddy Baker, Brett Bodine, Lake Speed, and Derek Cope. We're under caution for the third time. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with his own nicotine pouches. Today. Green flag at lap 25, and Kowicki once again takes off from the field. The battle will be for third spot behind Buddy Baker as Lake Speed comes up to the outside of Brett Bodine. And trying to accelerate past Lake Speed goes by. Derek Cope trying to work his way to the outside of Brett Bodine as well. Brett comes battling back to the inside of the racetrack, but he can't hold off that board. Sauter will be next in line to continue his charge toward the front. He's up to sixth, working on the tail end of the pole sitter, Brett Bodine, who has fallen back into fifth spot. Up front, the Colwicky-Baker battle begins to heat up once again as they're out of four. There's just about eight cars right up there in that lead draft. Colwicky brings the Ford back to the start-finish line, and Baker is closing in in a hurry. He chops it down to less than a car length back in turn one.
one. And as Baker closes in, we're watching Sterling Marlin also pick his way back through race traffic. And with 75 laps yet to go in this event, he's got some time. Off turn two. The lead is now just a half car length. Here's Baker diving down to the inside, takes a look, and he seems to be real strong at the exit to three. Kowicki dives down low, takes the spot away. Baker will be content to follow him for the moment. They put about 12 car lengths on the third place man, Lake Speed. Give a call to Bobby Walwack. He'd worked his car up from 34th starting spot to 14th and then got jostled by another car coming out of turn number two and has fallen to the tail end of the field. The leaders are back in one. And still no change among the front two, but the change is that third, fourth, and fifth now beginning to reel in the lead cars. Third is Lake Speed. Derek Cope is fourth. Brett Bodine is fifth. Bobby Waywack's jostle will send him on to pit road as he has to pull out of the action for the moment. And up front, they have split up into two groups. The lead duo of Kowicki and Baker in a hot battle. Speed appears to be breaking out of the third place war and closing up just a little bit. Two drivers who got shuffled back in the pack after that accident a little bit early this afternoon are coming back toward the front right now, and that would be Sterling Marlin and Kenny Schrader. They're about four and a half seconds behind the front two cars that are now back in turn two. Running in the sixth spot is still Jim Sauter. Seventh is Dale Jarrett. Eighth place, a good battle now, is Rodney Combs, the new driver for Elmo Langley. Closes up off turn two to the inside of Mike Waltrip. And Mike Waltrip holds that spot as they move down the backstretch. Pulls it out now by about a car length. Up front speed has definitely broken away from the fourth place man. He's trying to leave the Derek Cope car behind and go after the leaders. Cole Wicke and Buddy Baker in a tight draft trying to run off from the field. They've opened up eight-tenths of a second on Lake Speed. Then it's Derek Cope, Brett Bodine in fifth, Jim Sauter back in sixth, Dale Jarrett in seventh, Mike Waltrip is eighth. Holding down the ninth spot is Rodney Combs. In tenth now is Kenny Schrader. The battle again. Baker wants the lead off two. Challenge down the backstretch as Baker continues to try to look for that inside groove. This time he's got a fender inside Kulwicki. Oh, it got close as Kulwicki came back across the front of Baker and said, Buddy, you're not going to get it away from me that way. Baker's strong suit is in the backstretch. He's been able to go a whole lot deeper into turn number three than anyone else, but he just couldn't make the move that time. He goes right back after Kulwicki down in turn number one. Good battle back there for third spot very shortly about to develop. Those cars, particularly Baker, the left side tires as low on the racetrack up against that white line inside the running groove as he can go, but he again wants the lead. Rodney Combs pulls off the racetrack showing lots of smoke as again Baker challenges Kulwicki. This time, remembering what happened last time, Buddy lets Kulwicki into three. It was very close there a lap ago, but he wisely let him in this time. That's a tough place to take him too wide, but coming out of four, Brett Bodine jumps underneath the fourth place car alongside Derek Cope's Allugard machine and heads him off down toward turn number one. Fourth spot will change hands there. It changes hands for Brett Bodine's favor, who assumes fourth. Brett saw that Lake Speed was beginning to pull away, and Lake now is within shouting distance of that again ongoing battle for the lead. Speed is very strong running by himself. He is able to maintain that interval to the first and second place cars and perhaps close a little bit. He has left Bodine and Cope well behind as Baker continues to try to find a way around Kowicki. Well, the heat factor here this afternoon is beginning to come into play very quickly and Ned it looks like if you hit the chassis set up here you're able to run like the front two are and get away and if you're a little bit off you're going to start dropping back and the field is beginning to spread out very fast. You will have already dropped back because a loose race car at the speed that they're running out there right now is tough to put up with on a hot racetrack. Tony Spanos is in the pits. A little smoke coming from the James Hilton entry car number 45. They have the hood up. Jonathan Edwards just made an unscheduled pit stop, but he's back out in the action. And Don Paul is back out after spending quite a bit of time in the garage area. Jesse Samples has been able to continue with a lot of sheet metal damage to the right rear of the car. Here comes the battle for the lead again. Still out front is Alan Kulwicki. And he has been strong all last year and all this year. Buddy Baker is still about two car lengths behind him. They're over in two. After problems early, Sterling Milan going around Eddie Beer's wall. That was for 14th spot. And there's no challenge now for Kowicki. 
Kowicki pretty well in hand here with about a three-car length advantage over Baker, who seems to be content now for the moment to try to grind Kowicki down rather than to make those daring moves on the backstretch. Baker may have in mind that he wants to run another race later this afternoon. Alan Kowicki riding the same horse that he's run for the last two years, Sirloin, the car he calls after last year's sponsor, Quincy Steakhouses, and he uses that car virtually everywhere but Daytona and Talladega. You know, this is still the same car that we raced here last year when we did finish fourth, and and we just keep running the same car and running it and running it. Probably has like 28 races. This is this is a car I really started my NASCAR career in in the fall of 85. This. Well, what does it say about the state of the sport when some teams have six or seven race cars and you're doing the whole circuit basically with one? You know, it, it just sort of shows that you don't have to have eight or nine cars and you don't have to have 12 motors. You only get to race one car and one engine at a time, so I'm not going to use... Uh, a lack of more equipment as an excuse. We really could use some time to go testing is what we could use as much as anything. They're getting some good test time out here today right in front of a hard-charging, snarling Buddy Baker up in turn three. Well, Baker's a pretty good guy to learn from. If you're going to be tested, who better to write the exam than Buddy Baker, the hometown hero here? He's about a car length behind as they come off turn four. Baker's showing an awful lot of patience right now. He put a couple of super moves on to get the lead down the middle of the back straightaway and into turn three. It didn't work, and I think as our turn announcers have pointed out for the moment he's just content to cool it, Eli Gold, and just ride where he is for a while. For the moment, cooling it is the answer, closing in on race traffic going past Mike Potter. The quickest car in the racetrack, according to our stopwatch, is Kenny Schrader, who has now moved around Dale Jarrett and Jim Sauter moving up into the sixth spot and trying to chase down the leaders. Remember, the trader got into trouble early in that incident and has had to come from a long way back, but by our watches too, Eli, he's the quickest car out there. So Schrader is on the move, trying to come back up to the front. Remember, he was involved in the second caution of the day, the one that took Rick Wilson out of the race at lap 10. No change among the front 10 as they work back into turn number one right now. The leader continues to be Alan Kulwicki in the Ford. Right behind him is Buddy Baker in the Crisco Oldsmobile. And the field is beginning to get pretty well strung out. Good battle going on right now, though, back in the pack in front of Eli Gold. It's Kenny Schrader trying to work his way around again as he's closed in on the Derek Koch machine. Also on Brett Bodine. They're on the backstretch. Schrader was kicking off, of, or clicking off, we should say, about a half a second a lap on the leaders until he ran into that traffic. He's now running eighth on the racetrack, and uh, the interval has stabilized at about eight and a half seconds back until he can get through that pack. He's working hard on the back bumper of Derek Cope and may put a new contour, and Cope gets around in the front straightaway. Tags Mark stall and goes spinning off into the infield. That'll bring out the caution flag as Cope's car slides all the way to turn number one. He gets it straightened out in a manner that'll make Joey Chitwood proud and the fans come to their feet as Cope goes on down the front straightaway. Good battle up front as they haul it off into turn number one under green. And there are some different players now as Buddy Baker is at the point. Lake Speed is pounding away behind him. Schrader's car, and now Kowicki trying to work outside. Alan Kowicki really got uh, boxed in the pits, and as a result, comes back in fourth spot. So for the first time today, he's going to have to scramble through traffic to get there. He also has a couple of lap cars to deal with, including Cope, who spun, but is back in the action. Well, there's about eight cars up in the lead draft. Baker is in front behind him, Lake Speed. Then the lap car of Phil Parsons rides there. Up in the third position now is Kenny Schrader. They're back in one. And right behind Schrader, closing in, is Alan Kowicki, who both of those cars, Schrader and Kowicki, Wicky have gotten around Derek Cope. Then Dale Jarrett's machine is next in line, running fifth. A note on Jim Sauter's progress. He had come through a lot of traffic and just now tangled with Phil Barkdahl. Barkdahl not up to speed after that incident on Pitt Road. And, boy, he really got clipped in the back by Sauter, but he manages to gather things back up and continue. Baker, the race leaders, they complete 
Looks like 50 laps this time by. Lake Speed riding his second. Here comes Ken Schrader up around the outside of a lap. Phil Parsons, then a Talon Kulwicki, and then Derek Cope a lap down. We've got the makings now of the front four quickly tying tightly together. Further back, Brett Bodine working a bit of a higher groove, trying to pick his way through traffic. Barkdahl has pulled off the racetrack down at turn four and will limp to the pits. Meanwhile, the battle is for third as Kulwicki tries to get inside Kenny Schrader. Been a lot of talk about what would happen here if two Thunderbirds got hooked up. Maybe we'll find out now. Well, the fans haven't had time to sit down. The battle for third place is a dandy. It has been door-to-door for the last five laps around the speedway, and that's exactly the way it's going back into turn three. Hey, we got those two Fords hooked up, Barney, but they're hooked up door-post to door-post. They've been side-by-side now for about six or eight laps. Kowicki on the bottom a little loose, and now Schrader comes around the outside and finally takes that third spot. Kowicki's car would stay on the bottom and run just so long. Schrader now third is three seconds behind the front twosome, Baker and Lake Speed. Baker brings the Crisco Oldsmobile back to the start finish line. Right behind him does ride Lake Speed, and for the moment he may be content just to hold what he has. That battle for third spot is settled down for a moment. It's down in front of Eli Gold. That third spot is Schrader's with Kowicki in fourth. Lake Speed last time by made a fake as though to go inside of Buddy Baker, but Mike Potter had the spot covered, but Lake looked as though he might have been able to make the quick cut off the corner. We thought something might happen in that Schrader-Colwicki battle once they got single file again, because Colwicki doesn't seem to be able to work as well down on the bottom. He was kind of pinned down there by Kenny Schrader, but now they're single file and staying put, two car lengths apart. Take you back through the top ten, at least. The leader is Buddy Baker at 60 laps. Lake Speed is second. Ken Schrader is third. Alan Kulwicki is fourth. Fifth is Brett Bodine. Sixth is Jim Sauter. Seventh is Dale Jarrett. Eighth is Mike Waltrip. Unofficially ninth is Eddie Birschwell. Tenth would be Steve Christman. H.B. Bailey would run in the 11th position. And back in 12th toward the tail end of that lead lap, that would be Chet Phillips' automobile. 13th would be J.D. McDuffie. And 14th, Mark Stahl. Those cars are on the lead lap, so is 15th place Slick Johnson. And Buddy Arrington back in 16th position ahead of Rick Noop. 62 laps are complete of the 100 that will make up the Winston Open this afternoon. Buddy Arrington is still out there pretty well getting around the racetrack. And Arrington told us the other day that he is just happy to be in the Winston Open. Winston is doing more for the program than anything we got going, so... Yes, I'm just tickled to death that they're doing what they're doing, and and they're not backing up. They're going forwards on everything that's going. So uh, all I can do is take my hat off for of Winston and just keep doing what they're doing. Good payday for a lot of the drivers here this afternoon in the Winston Open, and a super big one a little bit later today when the Winston comes up. Here's Kenny Schrader back across the start-finish line, and Alan Kowicki just tucks in in the draft a little further back in the field, but some pretty good battling going on back there with young Dale Jarrett and Jim Sauter and Brett Bodine. They are in front of Eli Gold. That is a good battle, though. Brett Bodine and Dale and uh, Jim Sauter for the moment pull off by some five car lanes from Dale Jarrett. Brett trying to work back to the front. That's a good battle for the position, and Jarrett for the moment seems to be closing up very, very slowly, trying to make a three-car race out of that. That is Bodine, the pole sitter, sitting in fifth spot now. Jim Sauter sixth, and it's just about four car lengths back to Jarrett. He's definitely coming. Meanwhile, back toward the front of the field, the Fords have eaten up four-tenths of a second of the Oldsmobile's lead. That's Baker back to Lake Speed. That's the difference. Speed has dropped about six or seven car lengths behind Baker. That is 2.6 seconds and a bit of lap traffic before you find Schrader and Alan Kulwicki drafting right off the rear end of the Red Baron Pizza Ford Thunderbird. Fifth place is about to change hands, midpoint of the back straightaway. Here comes the charge down to the inside. Jim Sauter on the move, and he is around Bodine easily. I mean, it looks like he could have done that anytime he wanted. He pulled the trigger. Oh, now he starts to 
skate up high, coming out of four. Bodine will try and back low. Car really got loose there for a second, and he almost lost it. Does a good job of keeping it in a straight line, and he'll hang on to the positions. It is a beautiful day at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. We're watching the Winston Open right now with the Winston to follow a little bit later this afternoon. 67 laps are now complete in the 100 that make up the Winston Open. No change among the top 10 at this juncture of the race. Charlotte's own Buddy Baker looking to get into victory lane here this afternoon and move into a spot in the Winston a little bit later today. Right now leads Lake Speed by perhaps seven or eight car lengths as they cross the start-finish line and head back into turn number one. Trying to chase them down is Kenny Schrader, and I believe Schrader is shortening up the interval a little bit on the front, too. He's in front of Eli Gold. He is. We've checked him on the stopwatch, and the interval is shrinking, but so, too, the interval between first and second. Lake Speed's in a hurry. Speed seems to be able to make a run at Baker when he wants to. He's not been able to get up there and actually put a passing move on Baker, but the interval shifts. He'll drop back ten car lengths. He'll close it back up to, as now, two lengths coming out of four. The difference from Baker back to Schrader is constant. It's about 2.8 seconds, but speed is the differential. Lake speed, that is. He's now closed right up to the back bumper of the Crisco Olds in one. They're working their way into the corner and have some race traffic to contend with. There's Chet Phillips' machine as Lake Speed looks inside of Buddy Baker, but merely a calling card maneuver, not so much a serious pass. If you're going to try to pass Buddy Baker going into turn three, guarantee you got your hands full. Speed will not try it this time with the lapped automobile of Phillip in the way. Baker diving down low right at the entrance to three, then letting the car drift up high with a good line out of four. 72 laps come up on the board in the Winston Open here this afternoon. Here's Buddy Baker back down to the start-finish line. Lake Speed is there, just one car length back, and he may just be playing a waiting game. They're back in one. It's tough to tell. Every time Lake Speed seems to want to make a move, he's getting caught up by race traffic, and on many occasions, Buddy Baker's been taking a bit of a higher groove coming off turn two than has Lake Speed. They're tied together. And Speed's got a clear racetrack in front of him this time. Let's see if he'll take the dive down into turn number three. Now Baker holds the advantage as they move it down in. Speed comes down a little lower on the racetrack. He appears to have a good line down there on the bottom. He may make his move there. Behind them, Ken Schrader and Alan Kulwicki run third and fourth. They're now 2.9 seconds behind the lead duo. 74 of 100 laps complete. Lake Speed trails Buddy Baker as he has done for most of the last 30 laps or so, and he knew this would be no cakewalk. A lot of the drivers in this event have some good, strong motivation to try and win this Winston Open. But, uh, there's a bunch of drivers out there, I think, that are just like us. They've come real close to winning a lot of races, and if you stop and look at the cars in the Open, there's several out there that have been running right in the top five of the races this year. Had really came close to winning races. And it's just, you know, by bad luck or circumstances, whatever, just uh, hadn't made it in the victory circle yet. One of those is challenging for third spot in turn three. Moved to the inside by Alan Kulwicki. He is under Kenny Schrader and has retaken that spot. Kulwicki, who ran so strong at the start of the event, then fell back on the pit stop after the last round of yellow is back into third. He works his way across the start-finish line with 24 laps remaining in the Winston Open here this afternoon. Buddy Baker out front. Behind him, Lake Speed. As we said, he might just be playing a waiting game. Meanwhile, the two Fords back there need to get up in a tight draft and put some, or I should say, close up some of that daylight between the front two if they have any shot of winning this thing this afternoon. The interval remains about the same. Buddy Baker towing Lake Speed around the racetrack. It's almost three seconds back to Alan Kulwicki, and he is leaving Ken Schrader behind the fourth-place car. Long gap back to fifth. That's where Jim Sauter leads Brett Bodine and Dale Jarrett. Tony Spanos comes to pit road, and with him, Derek Cope in the Allugard car. And Lake Speed has lost ground to leader Buddy Baker. A great deal of it over in turn three. And the loss is coming in traffic. He's just not getting through the crowd as well as Buddy Baker. Meanwhile, Alan Kulwicki has opened the tap all the way, and he's going after him. 
Kowicki's in a hurry. He was three seconds behind Baker after he made the pass on Ken Schrader. He's now two seconds back of the leader and just one and a half seconds behind Lake Speed as they go to turn one. Buddy Baker working to the outside of race traffic around Eddie Beer's wall, around Jesse Samples Jr. Everyone else, Lake Speed and Alan Kowicki, the fourth place runner Schrader doing the same. As they move down the backstretch, the interval from first to second is now, call it at least 20 car lengths, and we're going to start measuring that with a stopwatch before long. Baker appears to be headed for home. Speed is just continually getting caught in traffic. And Mike Walter makes an unscheduled pit stop for a change of left side tires on his car. Derek Cope has pulled the audio guard car behind pit wall. Derek, what's wrong? Uh, the motor started laying down. I don't know. We got him missing it, so we just thought it's better off if you're blowing that tire to bring it on in. Derek Cope out of it. And back on pit road is Mike Walter for another unscheduled pit stop. And he had been running very well here this afternoon. In fact, up in the top 10. And that is going to cost him a good finish today. 84 laps are complete. 16 to go in the Winston Open this afternoon. Buddy Baker takes it up into turn number three. Could be a pretty good challenge for that second spot. Cole Wickey may well catch Lake Speed. And meanwhile, the fifth, sixth, seventh place battle is not going to be all that shabby. You've got Sauter, Bodine, and Dale Jarrett still scrambling pretty good. And they're just going into turn three. Well, Baker's in no position to yet count the money. Lake Speed is now midpoint between he and third place Kowicki. Kowicki 2.3 seconds behind the leader now at turn two. Kowicki's still trying to cut it down in on Lake Speed. They're taking basically now the same lines to the corners. Kenny Schrader was a factor in all that early on, but just appeared to drop off the pace once Kowicki came around him. And now Schrader has dropped a full couple of seconds behind in his fourth spot. Schrader's car has not been working in either end of the racetrack like he would like it to, meaning that he can't keep it down in the low groove. The car drifting up quite a bit, and that's cost him a lot of time here this afternoon. They were indicating just a few laps ago that nine cars were still on the lead lap as we wind down this afternoon with 14 remaining in the Winston Open. At the front of the pack, Baker now has about 1.4 seconds on Lake Speed, and Speed as Alan Kulwicki filling up his rearview mirror for second spot. 88 laps complete, 12 to go in the Winston Open. In fourth is Ken Schrader, fifth is Jim Sauter, sixth is Brett Bodine, seventh is Dale Jarrett. They're all on the lead lap. Eddie Bierschwal, Phil Parsons, the rest of the field one or more laps behind with now 11 and a half to go. Got to be a good scramble back in the pack as Dave Despain pointed out among Jim Sauter, Brett Bodine, and Dale Jarrett. They're locked up together very close down in turn one. As they work the corner, Sauter's lead over Brett Bodine. Some five car lanes. Dale Jarrett right on the rear deck of Brett Bodine. Maybe a half groove higher on the racetrack off turn two. It's taken Jar Dale Jarrett a long time to scramble up into that position to challenge Bodine. He was a couple of seconds back, but he's just gradually reeled him in and now he seems to be pushing Bodine closer to Sauter. That could be a good scramble for 5th, 6th, and 7th. Well, just when it looked like Buddy Baker had this thing in the sack, it's changed complexion in a hurry. Here's Baker out of turn number four and back to the line, and Lake Speed is less than three car lengths behind him, and Alan Kulwicki is working on speed for that second spot in turn one. Everybody sees the scoreboard. Just a handful of laps remaining here in the Winston Open. Lake Speed consistently with a much lower line through turn number two than Buddy Baker. It's narrowing down five car lengths, first to third. As fast as they've been running, we would not have imagined that everybody had a whole lot left for the end of the the race. Certainly Lake Speed and Alan Kulwicki saved a little for where it counted. They are charging at Baker. Here's the move on the bottom by Kulwicki trying to take second. Get out your storybook. It's going to be that kind of finish. Kulwicki almost gets in the grass coming through the dogleg here at the start-finish stripe. Five laps to go. That gives Baker a two-car length advantage into one. And the way they've been running here in the last couple of laps, that two-car length is a breather for what Buddy Baker's had to deal with. Off turn number two again. Kulwicki wanted a piece of second. He couldn't make a move. Well, they may get two, Buddy Baker, getting around 
Buddy Baker in four laps. It's going to be a real challenge here at Charlotte. They peel him off into three. Baker sticks way down on the bottom of the racetrack. A little higher is Lake Speed. The guy working on the bottom is definitely Kowicki. Catching Baker is one thing. Passing him has always been another. Buddy brings it back down the line. Two car lengths ahead of Lake Speed. Kowicki looks over Lake as they head back to turn number one. And Lake is the man with a, with a handful. If he tries to go for the lead and misses it, he's going to lose second spot. Lake Speed is clearly superior at this end of the speedway in turn number two. But it's not where he has to really make the pass if he tries to go for the win. And Baker has been strong down the backstretch all day long. That car just jumps off the corner and really winds up. Kowicki's got to make a move now if he's going to get a shot at Baker. He's got to get around Lake Speed. Three laps to go. Baker, Speed, and Kowicki at the point. Schrader is all alone in fourth spot. Sauter is fifth. Brett Bodine is sixth. Dale Jarrett is seventh. Three laps to run, and the leaders head for turn one. They've got some race traffic ahead of them, which could be a factor here. Remember, with Steve Crispin and Mark Stahl ahead of the leaders, Baker has been working race traffic better than the other two. There's still five car lanes, first to third. You can bet that Buddy is going to try to use those two lap cars to peel the challengers right off his rear deck. Here is Kowicki trying the bottom. There's traffic down there. Crispin is there. He has to move back up and get in line. It is still Baker, Speed, and Kowicki. Buddy Baker can use up a lot of racetrack when he needs to, and he may need to here very shortly across the start-finish line. Two laps to go as he takes it back into turn number one. The interval, a couple of car lengths among the front three. They have disposed of race traffic for the moment. They have Mike Potter's car yet to approach as they work off turn number two. Buddy Baker, two car lanes back of speed. Three more back to Kowicki. I think that lap a lap ago was Kowicki's golden opportunity, and the traffic really bagged him. He's about five lengths behind speed. Speed closing it up on Baker, and they're right into another traffic jam. This time as they come off four, Speed will try to make a sandwich out of it and come inside Baker. One lap car stays way up high, now cuts to the low side. That's Randy Baker as they take the white flag. Buddy goes around. Speed is with him. They've lost Kulwicki by about three car lengths. Lake Speed, if he has a chance, he'll have to do it in a hurry. He's within two car lengths. Baker runs a bit higher through turn number two. Now Lake Speed goes up the banking tire smoke off the Kmart old. Lake Speed definitely letting it hang out here in the final lap. Baker's been solid in three and four all day. He dips it down to the bottom, almost to the white line. Speed is right down there with him, but about three or four car lengths back. He's not going to have enough to catch. Buddy Baker. Here come the front three off turn number four and down to the line, and Buddy Baker is going to win it. He'll win it by five car lengths. Lake Speed will finish second, a couple of car lengths further back. Alan Kulwicki will run home in the third position. Quite a crowd as they gather up against the fence to look at their favorite drivers as they come down to the line to get ready to go here this afternoon in the Winston. Let's go back down to Ned Jarrett. Well, Morgan Shepard will start 17th in the Quaker State Buick. He, of course, uh, past winner here at Charlotte Motor Speedway in the what was the old sportsman division, which is now the Bush Grand National. Got a lot of miles on this racetrack, but it's changed now, Morgan. Yeah, Ned, the racetrack's changed considerably. Uh, just like that last race, we was clocking the cars. They was running consistent uh, 164, 165 mile an hour bracket. And uh, used to, the race here would slow all the way up to 156 mile an hour. So the racetrack has really changed with the new surface. How do you feel about your chances in the Winston? Well, Ned, we're off a little bit. The car's handling well, uh, but it's not running up to par. Uh, I feel like we're going to run good, but uh, Quaker State Buick's off just a little bit. Richard Petty will be starting in the 16th position in the STP Pontiac, sort of sitting here relaxed uh, while all the pre-race things are going on. Richard, you've got some wins here, a lot of miles on this racetrack, but as Morgan says, it is different now. Well, yeah, you know, we've had our ups and downs here, but we come back, we're going to try again this time. How do you feel about your chances today? Well, Ned, I don't, really don't know. Uh, you know, we've run pretty good this week, and we've run pretty bad this week, so if we hit the right combination, we'll be in pretty good shape, but we really don't know because we don't know how the track's changed, and you know, a lot of a lot of questions in our mind about the racetrack. Okay, good luck to you. Thank you. Well, the uh, 
newest round of noise is for the man who won six of the first eight races on the Winston Cup Tour this season, and that is Dale Earnhardt. And as he brings the Wrangler Chevrolet down, he'll climb out of that car and be introduced to the roar of the crowd. And again, it's mostly cheers, Barney, but it's not all cheers. I guess when you get to be an overdog, sometimes the fans kind of turn on you. Well, it's just kind of natural to do that, I guess, as Earnhardt will be climbing out of the car and be walking up on stage. Tim Richmond has just brought his car down to the start-finish line and has climbed out and is now going up to the stage. Let's go back down to Ned Jarrett. Well, uh, <laughs> this is Dick. I was uh, talking to Kyle. Kyle, uh, you know, this is something for a young new driver. Well, I mean, you've been here a couple of years, but uh, to get into Winston like this and this kind of fanfare, they can sure put on a party here, can't they? Yeah, it's a big show. Uh, you know, I think of all the races we go to, Charlotte puts on 95% of the time, they put on the biggest show going, and uh, they've about outdone themselves this time. You're going to run as hard? I mean, oh, I'm sure you're going to run as hard as you can, but uh, you're going you're gonna to really, really go out and try to win it? Yeah, we feel like we got as good a shot as anybody else. You know, uh, the car is running real good in practice. It's working real good, and uh, you know, if the track stays the same, I guess we'll be all right. All right. Well, good luck to you. Well, sitting next to Kyle Petty here is Bobby Allison, who will be starting in 14th position in the Miller American Buick. Past winner here, won the World 600 a few times and uh, knows this racetrack very well. Bobby, you were listening to what Kyle Petty was saying. Did you learn anything from that? Well, uh, Kyle said his car was uh, set up pretty good yesterday. If the track stays the same, he'll be in pretty good shape. Uh, I think that... Uh, you know, most of the guys have really adjusted a little bit for what they think it's going to be like today. But um, we're the same way. We, we uh, finally got the car working yesterday afternoon, and uh, it was pretty hot. So uh, if it stays about like that, we might not be too bad off. Bobby, you're an astute observer of what other people are doing out there. Did you learn from the Winston Open watching them? Well, I watched it very closely, Ned, and I think uh, that did give me a clue as to... Uh, to what we ought to look for in this race. Okay, good luck. Thank you. The drivers are now all formed up on the podium. There will be further introductions and the big 16-foot high headshots of the drivers being rolled off the pit lane. That's kind of a fun thing to see and some, some beautiful artwork being turned in by the folks at R.J. Reynolds. And I know the fans here really enjoy it. You can just hear by the roar of their support uh, how much they enjoy this pre-race ceremony. It, it's true. At Charlotte, what they do here is totally unlike anything else in auto racing. Hey, let's go trackside and Dick Brooks. Harry Gant, you got a long ways to go here, Harry. You guys have had a long ways to go all year, and you've had some good, good runs. Uh, this is a whole new surface. What do you think? Yeah, we're just, uh, you know, it's new to everybody. The last, uh, the Winston Open there, it looked like everything done pretty good, so we hope we'll have as good a luck as Buddy did the first race. Well, you need some luck this year. You guys have had some bad. Yeah, we're working on it. You know, we got a good running car here today, and, uh, we're hoping to be in one of the winner's circle in one of these races. Harry Gant's team really does need some luck. They've run well enough to win races this year, but just everything that has, could possibly have happened to them has happened, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of drivers down there that need kind of a turnaround, and it could come in the Winston this afternoon. Put a $200,000 smile on your face. I think would carry you a week or two, wouldn't it? Well, it certainly would. One fellow who'd take that smile all the way home to the bank is Terry Labonte. Dick Brooks is with him. Terry's a lot of money here and a lot of good race drivers. How are you going to handle that? <laughs> well, it's going to be a tough race, no question about it. Uh, there's a lot of good cars, a lot of good drivers. You know, right now you just can't pick anybody. All you got to do is beat them all and take the money home. Sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> good luck, Dave. That's Terry Labonte of the Junior Johnson car. Greg Sachs, who has not won a race on this circuit since the Firecracker 400 of two years past, is in the Valvoline Pontiac of the Dingman Brothers lineup alongside Labonte, and then come to Bobby Hillen, who was, again, one of the newer winners on the Winston Cup circuit and the youngest driver ever to win on a major super speedway. 
Nick Brooks is next to Hillen's Miller Buick. Bobby, you got to be one of the youngest drivers to ever do anything like this in, in any kind of sport or any kind of uh, racing circuit anyway. Um, it got to be exciting for you. Well, it really is. You know, it's just a thrill to be here, and I'm just uh, really want to do this for my crew. They've worked real hard to put me here, and, and I want to run real strong in the first couple segments and be there and be in the hunt to really fight hard at the end. And, you know, I think if we can be in that position, we'll be as tough as any car here. And, you know, I just have to thank Miller and Stavola and Buick and uh, Penzo and TRW. They're, they've been supporting us 100%, and we just keep on plugging week after week, and hopefully we can win a lot more down the road. We'll get a word uh, back with Greg Sachs in the Ningman Brothers car. Ned Jarrett is there. Well, Greg is in there, buckled up, about ready to go. Greg, how do you see the race? Uh, looking at the last race, it's going to be a heck of a ride. The track looks like it's got slick. Everybody's going to really have to hang on and give it a good ride. Any particular strategy? Well, you know, it is still uh, two qualifying races. These first two sections, you got to have something left for that last 10 laps. That's where we plan to be. Okay, good luck. Thank you. There will be an awful lot of strategy played out on pit road here this afternoon and perhaps before they cut them loose here very shortly. Uh, either Ned or Dick might be able to walk over on pit road and get a word with some of the crew chiefs and what all uh, kind of preparations they did do this afternoon, what they have for backup spares and parts that they might change and things. Right now, uh, Ned is with Darrell Waltrip. Of course, he was the winner of the first Winston here at Charlotte Motor Speedway two years ago in a different ride now, the Tide Machine, prepared by Waddell Wilson and Associates. Darrell, ready to do it again? Yeah, things are looking real good, Ned. Uh, it's it's an exciting day, and uh, it's an exciting time. And of course, all the all the hoopla and everything that goes into this deal, uh, you can't help but get excited about it. But uh, always a little bit uh, worried about how the car is going to run, how it's going to handle. We've had a lot of good practice time here. Things should go well. I just hope they do for the tide ride. Okay, that last ten laps is going to be something for the fans to see. Well, that's I guess I, I worry about that. I'm not going to be able to enjoy any part of the race just worrying about that and uh, how things are going to go in that deal because that's for all the money, and I still believe it's for the lucky and not the good. Well, Darrell Waltrip has been awfully lucky in a lot of times and certainly has proven he's awful good. Well, you're going to have to be both here this afternoon. There's no question about that. And with that last pit stop or that last 10-minute break, if you make the right adjustments, you got a shot at the money. And if you don't, then you're just going to have to watch and see who does. Let's see if Neil Bonnet does. Dick Brooks is with him. Neil Bonnet, uh, there are just about as many people here from Alabama in the race as there is in the stands. Uh, you guys got a good chance to take it back to Alabama. We're going to try to do our part here with the Raymock team. Hopefully we'll, we'll have a good run with it. And I sure hope it's a good race for the fans. We're trying to work hard with Winston to make this race successful, and hopefully it'll be the kind of show they need. Neil, they put on a pretty good show here. This is uh, quite a spectacular thing. Yeah, it's just grand to be a part of it. I'm looking forward to it. Let's see if Ned get a word with Rusty Wallace before they fire him up here. He won two short track races to get in here, but he likes the Charlotte Motor Speedway, right, Rusty? Yeah, that's right. I tell you, Ned, I'm really proud of what they've done to Charlotte Motor Speedway. I just can't tell you I'm excited about to be in this race and ready to get this thing going. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. Dick Brooks is with Benny Parsons. Well, one of the one of the fellows that's been here a long, long time is Benny Parsons, and uh, Benny's uh, won a lot of important races before. What do you think about this one, boy? Well, you know, I, I was concerned for the last couple of weeks while we've been there at Praxin that the racetrack was going to be unlike Charlotte, that it was going to be sticking so tight and that we could throw away the book. But uh, by looking at the uh, Winston Open, the first race, it looks like it's still the same old racetrack. Looked like the cars got a little bit loose, and, and I think we're going to do the same thing. Here's Ned with Jeff Bodine. Well, Jeff has been awfully good and strong in the early part of many races this year. Maybe this is the race that will fit your uh, way of doing things, Jeff. We hope so. Yeah, we've been strong in the early parts, the middle part of a lot of races. Seem to have trouble at the end. These are short races today, so maybe this will be a little better the, uh, the way we've been racing lately, but... 
The car is running good. The Levi Garrett Exxon AC spark plug car is running really good. We just hope we can add to this race. A lot of people here watching, a lot of people listening on the radio. We hope it's a good race for everybody. Dick's with Dale Earnhardt. Dale, I'll tell you, you've just about done everything you could do in stock car racing so far this year, except take home this $200,000. Well, we're after him today, uh, Dick. I think it's going to be a real good race. Uh, the Western Open was a real competitive race. I think you'll see the same thing out of this bunch right here. They all, all winners, uh, good, good race car drivers. I think it'll be a good race. And alongside right. Dale in the second row, Davey Allison. Got into this race in a very dramatic way, winning the Winston a couple of weeks ago. Davey, you ready for him? I couldn't hear you, Ned. You ready for him? I feel like we're in good shape. Uh, we, we practice hard before qualifying on our race setup, so we feel like we're ready to get after them. Well, they're going to have some tough talent to get after here this afternoon because just sitting here running through my mind, looking at those 20 drivers, that represents the cream of Winston Cup racing. There's no question about that, and we'll find out who the best is here very shortly. Let's go back trackside. Got it, Tim Richmond. Tim? Brand new, brand new start for you this season. Uh, this has got to be exciting for you, especially being on the front row. Well, it's, it's exciting to be on the front row again. It's just it's more exciting just to be back and be able to try to do it again. Uh, there for a while, it didn't look like we were going to get a chance to. Uh, I'm just glad to be here no matter what the outcome is. That $200,000 can't hurt, right? No, I, I haven't made a dime this season, so it, we might as well start off with a big bang here if we can. <laughs> And to the pole sitter, he's with Ned Jarrett. Well, Bill Elliott won the Winston a year ago down in Atlanta, Georgia, but, Bill, it's a little bit different here today. Well, there's a lot of good cars here, Ned, and we'll just have to do the best we can at what we got. Okay, good luck. Thank you, Ned. Field begins to roll down toward number turn number one. 20 of the best drivers in Winston Cup racing today set to shoot it out for a $600,000 purse. The fans are about as keyed up as you'll see them for this special event here this afternoon, and I think we're going to see some good racing. A totally different type format for the Winston Cup drivers. If you've just joined our broadcast or if you're wondering what we're doing this afternoon in the Winston, we'll explain it to you briefly again. The race will go for 75 laps, and then they will make a 10-minute stop. The drivers are allowed to do anything to the cars or crews, I should say, or drivers for that matter, either one, during that 10-minute break. That is within the framework of regular Winston Cup racing. They'll race another 50 laps, which will take us to 125. Then they will make another 10-minute stop, make more adjustments on the car if they so desire, come back out and run the final 10 laps. And then those final 10 laps, whoever wins that, of course, will get $200,000 first place money. And as you heard some of the drivers express, even Daryl Walter a moment ago, here you could hear a little apprehension in his voice, Mike, about what might happen in those final 10 laps. It's going to be a wild shootout, Barney, probably unlike anything this circuit has ever seen to race essentially 10 laps for $200,000 to win. Now, the drivers qualified yesterday through one-lap time trials for the starting lineup that is on the racetrack right now. The second 50-lap segment... The starting lineup will be determined not by how many laps, but by how many times each driver leads during this first 75-lap run. And, Ned, I think for 75 laps, won't they have to make one pit stop? Yes. In fact, they are required to make a green flag pit stop during that 75 laps. They can, if there are caution flags, certainly they can stop any time they want to, but they are required to make a green flag pit stop, take on at least two tires during that green flag pit stop. So that will change the whole complexion of the race in itself. 20 drivers lining up tightly now as they work down toward Eli Gold in turn one. 
And obviously one of the stories today is the fact that number 25 is there on the front row. The Folgers Coffee Chevrolet, Tim Richmond at the wheel. Benny Parsons for this event is back in the Copenhagen Oldsmobile, the number 55 machine that he's driven in the past. The field motors past us as they get set for the start of the Winston. They head down that back straightaway, and they'll be in the vicinity of Dave Despain up at turns three and four. A new race format testing out a new track surface here in three and four. The banking here has been repaved, and it's been a real guessing game to try to get ahead of the track conditions. In the Winston Open that ran earlier today, we saw a lot of loose race cars down here on this very tacky surface. It's been an interesting transition from the old pavement as they go into turn three onto the new. It's a little bit of an unknown as you put your foot in it and peel off into there, and with the money that's on the line, there's no time to worry about it. You've got to gamble and get your hoof on the floor. Pace car will be peeling off the banking up in turn number four. They come down to the line, and the Winston is about to get the green flag here this afternoon. Two by two, they'll approach the line, and we are under green in the Winston. They come up through the gearbox, take it into turn number one, and Tim Richmond tries to get the lead with authority down in number one corner. He's not going to be able to do it. Bill Elliott comes battling right back on the low side of the racetrack. The sun glistening off these highly prepared automobiles. Elliott leads off turn two. Richmond is second. It is three wide for third. Big move by Jeff Bodine down the backstretch. He comes under. Davey Allison brings Rusty Wallace with him. Allison gets pinched by Earnhardt. Earnhardt and Bodine go side by side for third. Bodine up towards the wall. He kicks Earnhardt. Earnhardt may have scraped the wall in four. Bodine is loose. Straightens it back out and that shuffles the deck. Waltrip climbs up to the sixth spot. Bonnet now fifth. Davey Allison fourth. Everybody straightened out and heading for one. The battle for fourth position now evaporates. Going into turn one. Neil Bonnet getting past his Huey town neighbor Davy Allison. It's Elliot Richmond, Wallace, Bonnet, Bobby Allison, excuse me, Davy, and then Walter. Darrell Walter trying to make that charge at Davy Allison as they move up the backstretch out front. Elliot has pulled out to about an eight-car length advantage over the reborn Tim Richmond, back from a near deathbed to come back and race the Winston. Elliot leads. Six drivers are up in that lead draft. The rest of the field about a second behind. The leader is Elliot. Second, Tim Richmond. Third right now, Rusty Wallace. The battle is for fourth, and it's a hot one in turn one. It's a good one. It's on the low side of the racetrack. Still working hard is Davey Allison. He couldn't hold off the high bank challenge of Neil Bonnet. Neil comes off the corner and Davey keeps it wound up down low. As they head down the backstretch, the most recent winner on the circuit, Davey Allison scrambling to hold position. Bonnet cleanly in front of him as they move into turn three. Elliott leading by about 15 car lengths over the tight battle now of Tim Richmond and Rusty Wallace. Earnhardt had fallen from fourth to tenth. He's got one of those spots back. He's passed Betty Parsons. He's now ninth behind Bodine. Elliott the leader. Tim Richmond in second in turn one. Working in third spot is still Rusty Wallace. Fourth belongs to Bonnet. Fifth is Davey Allison. Waltrip is sixth. Seventh is Labonte. Bodine is eighth. And the cha challenge now from Earnhardt. Earnhardt, Earnhardt trying to come up the inside as they move down the backstretch. Those are the two cars that tangled in three and four on the first lap. Bodine took Earnhardt all the way up to the wall. Both cars are scraped. They battle for ninth and tenth. Earnhardt on the bottom can't get by. Tim Richmond has lost the number two position. Rusty Wallace has moved up in the second spot, dropping Richmond back to third. Back in fourth position, Neil Bonnet fifth right now. Davey Allison. Six is Walter back in turn one. We've given you the top ten so far. Eleventh is Benny Parsons. Richard Petty still runs in the twelfth spot. Thirteenth is Bobby Allison. Fourteenth, Morgan Shepard. Kyle Petty is fifteenth. Sixteenth, Ricky Rudd. Seventeenth is Harry Gant. Eighteenth place a battle between Buddy Baker and Bobby Hillen Jr. with Kale and Kyle. Greg Sachs at the tail end of the field got involved in that Bodine and Alan, uh, Earnhardt incident earlier and has apparently lost something on the race car. He's gone from midfield all the way to the tail end of the pack. Earnhardt has a look under Jeff Bodine at the start-finish stripe. We complete five laps this time. They're battling back there for about eighth position into turn one. And for the moment, they'll go single file. Everybody will. Then Earnhardt makes a move inside. 
outside of Jeff Bodine, midway between one and two. Earnhardt works well on the low side of the racetrack and quickly picks off another spot. That's been the race of the day. Those two really battling on the backstretch. Bodine comes back on the outside, entrance to turn three. Earnhardt drives it in a little deeper, and they are side by side once again. Oh, they bump again, and Earnhardt gets completely sideways. Straightens it back out. There's a traffic jam behind him. And Earnhardt is going to lose a couple of positions again. He drops back behind Jeff Bodine. He drops back behind Benny Parsons, and now Richard Petty is threatening to put him down even another spot, but that won't materialize. They're back in one. As the battle involves Richard Petty, goes into turn number one. Bobby Allison stays ahead of Richard Petty, and Earnhardt gets away from the situation by going high. At the back of the back, Cale Yarborough and Greg Sachs try to work around Bobby Hillen Jr. As they sort all that out in the back of the pack, let's note that Bill Elliott out front is making this thus far a rerun of last year. He is running away with the Winston. Bill Elliott comes to the stripe. He has a lead of 2.06 seconds, and he says no matter the distance, the game plan for him is the same. Everybody's going to run as hard as they can run to try to lead or whatever they got to do. And that's going to be, you know, I don't see it any different in the open or any three of the segments we got to run. That's what he's doing right now. He's 2.1 seconds ahead as Earnhardt has picked up a position. He's passed Benny Parsons as he heads for three. Once again, Earnhardt is going to have Bodine to contend with. That is the battle on the racetrack for eighth and ninth position. Bodine is about ten car lengths in front of Earnhardt. Elliott is the leader by a little better than two seconds. Rusty Wallace rides in the number two position, then Tim Richmond third, fourth Neil Bonnet, fifth Davey Allison, sixth is Darrell Walker. Good scramble going on back in the field right now between Ricky Rudd and Harry Gant. They'll go door to door off into turn one. They're back in 16th position where Ricky Rudd for the moment wins that battle taking the Ford Thunderbird higher into turn number one but off the number two corner back there for 16th spot Gant comes to the inside of Rudd and let's note that right behind them rides Buddy Baker now 17th he started tail end of the field after winning the Winston Open here this afternoon he's moved up three spots Elliott is cruising as he comes across to complete lap number nine. He's 2.4 seconds ahead of Rusty Wallace. Wallace has about eight car lengths on Tim Richmond, and then it's about three seconds back to Neil Bonnet. Neil Bonnet right now has company. He's not been able to pull away from Davey Allison, nor Darrell Waltrip, nor Terry Labonte. And at the same time, Jeff Bodine and Dale Earnhardt beginning to tighten it up now as they, too, have caught what is now a six-car trap. I note that these hot conditions here today are not going to work in favor of Tim Richmond. After his long layoff with pneumonia, there is still some concern in Richmond camp about whether he may have tried to come back too early. He's currently third on the racetrack and looking strong. Well, Dave, let's check in with Harry Hyde, the crew chief on the car. He has Harry, he has dropped back one position. Is everything going okay? We started him a little bit loose, Ned, and uh, he just come on the radio and told me that the tires are beginning to come in now and they're feeling better, so uh, I think he can move back up. Well, that's one thing that we have seen here with the new pavement at Charlotte. Normally, if a car is loose, it'll stay that way and get worse. But with the new pavement there, they, it seems to tighten back up a little bit. So we'll see how it does work for Richmond. Fifth, sixth, and seventh spots change hands as Davey Allison's car is backing up in the field. Darrell Waltrip moves up to fifth behind Neil Bonnet. Jeff Bodine's taking the sixth spot, and Dale Earnhardt battles for and beats Allison into turn one for seventh. Greg Sachs has brought his car to pit road, but a scary moment just a second ago up in turns three and four to Davis Spain. Neil Bonnet on the outside of the racetrack as they were trying to scramble underneath him. The battle going on there with Darrell Walter, Dale Earnhardt, and Davey Allison all trying to move through. And Bonnet actually literally lost the race car. It got all the way to the wall. He bumped the wall, and that straightened him back out. A nice piece of driving to save the car, but he lost three positions in the exchange. Bill yes. As he got up there, Jeff Bodine dove underneath Darrell Waltrip, who had bumped Bonnet to precipitate the incident, and Bodine moved all the way up 
into the fourth spot at the time. Bill Elliott has now moved ahead by 3.4 seconds on the rest of the field. The rest of the field right now being Rusty Wallace and Tim Rickman riding in second and third. Then it's a good four seconds back to Jeff Bodine and Darrell Waltrip and Dale Earnhardt, and that's where the scramble is up in front of Dave Despain. Earnhardt trying to hold off Davey Allison, whose car really seems to be a come-and-go proposition. It was getting loose. He lost about four spots. Now it seems to have dialed in a little better, but he's getting challenged by Bonham as they head off turn four. They'll have to run down Bodine, and Bodine is starting to eat up the distance on the third-place car, Tim Richmond, as they get down into turn one. He's got a long way to go, though, and at the same time, with Waltrip and Earnhardt closing in on Jeff's rear flank, it's not going to be easy. A lot of tire smoke from the Earnhardt Wrangler machine again. Let's note that Richmond seems to have come to life. As Harry Hyde said, the tire's perhaps getting a little better dialed in. He's moving up and challenging Rusty Wallace for that second spot as Bodine pulls out about five lengths on Waltrip for fourth and fifth. Barney and Mike, you mentioned that Greg Sachs had come in for an unscheduled pit stop. to change the right side tire. You mentioned that he had gone back near the end of the pack. Apparently had a tire leaking down and had no alternative to come in. He finds himself a lap down. We're in Davy Allison's fifth with Joey Knuckles, the crew chief. Joey, he seems to be going backwards a little bit at this point. Well, Ned, Davy's complaining about the car being loose all the way around the racetrack. Uh, we'll get a caution in a little bit, and we got four tires we're going to put on her and put just a little bit of wedge on it. The racetrack's changed dramatically from the last time that we ran here yesterday, and you know, we're still learning. We'll, we'll, we'll be there. Okay, a lot of confidence still here in the Havoline pit. Bobby Allison continues to pick his way from about 14th position up toward the front of the pack, and Eli, he's having a good run. He is having an awfully good run right now going into turn number one. He works inside of Terry Lavani. The lead is nearly four full seconds for Bill Elliott over the rest of the pack as they work turn two. Meanwhile, a challenge down the backstretch now as Neil Bonnet comes to life and gets up beside his old hunting buddy Dale Earnhardt. They are battling currently for the sixth spot. Earnhardt drives into three a little deeper, holds on to that spot. All right, he's talking about uh, the tire smoke off of Dale Earnhardt's car. He's talking to Richard Childers. Richard, uh, they say the tires are smoking something. Yeah, it's pushing coming off the corner real bad. Uh, might have knocked the toe in out in that little first miss out there. That's what they got that 10-minute stop for to fix that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, we'll get her fixed. All right. Well, that is one big advantage for the teams here this afternoon. All they need to do is keep it in the lead lap, and once they get that 10-minute break, they can make about any kind of adjustments they want. Neil Bonnet and Dale Earnhardt are side-by-side -side again going into turn three. Once again, Bonnet dives in low, but Earnhardt taking the middle of the racetrack is able to run it in just a little bit deeper and holds Neil at bay for the moment, and in fact comes out of the corner and puts Bonnet clearly behind him. Earnhardt took the spot, and he is scrabbling for anything he gets here this afternoon. With a four-second lead, Bill Elliott, as we're coming up on 20 laps in the opening segment of the win, Winston. Rusty Wallace is second. Tim Richmond, just a car length behind Wallace, in third. Jeff Bodine is fourth. Darrell Waltrip settled into fifth. Earnhardt's now sixth. Neil Bonnet is seventh. Davey Allison is eighth. Bobby Allison is ninth. Ricky Rudd up to tenth. Eleventh, Terry Labonte. Back in twelfth, Benny Parsons. Back in the 13th spot, that would be Richard Petty. And in 14th would be Harry Gant. Morgan Shepard is 15th. 16th is Buddy Baker. 17th is Kale. And then a lap down, 18th would be Greg Sachs and 19th toward the back of the pack would be Bobby Hillen. Field continues to work around here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway with 21 laps complete. Remember now that first stop will come at lap number 75. Bill Elliott continues to pull away at this juncture of the Winston here this afternoon. He is now 4.6 seconds and they're beginning to reel him in about a tenth of a second but the way he is getting around this racetrack he seems to have the car that works at both ends of the speedway. Down in one and two he can go right down to the bottom of the racetrack and Dave Despain up in your end of the racetrack. If he needs to work traffic there high or low he can do it. He can pick his spot and that's the beauty of any race car 
on any racetrack. When you've got it working right, you can go where you want to. You can go where you need to. You're not fighting the race car, and you turn good lap times. Lap after lap, and you just run away from everybody. 12th spot just changed hands. Richard Petty's STP Pontiac moved up and around the outside of his son's uh, Sitgo Thunderbird. That's Kyle Petty. Kyle will drop back to 13th, and Harry Gant will put a little pressure on him for that position as they roll off into turn number one, and we've completed 23 laps here of this opening 75-lap segment. Bill Elliott continues to make a shambles of the field right now. He's padded his lead to about 5.5 seconds and continues to get around this racetrack. But, Dick Brooks, just because you're good at one stage of this race doesn't mean you're going to be all day long. Well, it's like Richard Chiller said a while ago. Dale uh, got mixed up a little bit a while ago and got bumped and got into the wall, and uh, there's a very good possibility that they bent the... Uh, toe in just a little bit they come in and fix that they're going to have a whole new race car and i think everybody else is going to do the same thing they're going to make those little bit of adjustments and uh, they're going to be a whole lot closer to to uh, elliot when, when they restart 30 laps are complete here at the charlotte motor speedway it's 45 away from that first 10 minute break that they'll take a little bit later this afternoon davy allison has a problem he is on pit road let's go to ned jarrett maybe this is his schedule pit stop barney they got to make a green flag pit stop he's taking on right side tires and they'll adjust the stagger on it having a little trouble getting the right front tire off joey knuckles doing the changing on that they fill it up with unical gasoline clean the grill and get him ready to go back out they do in about 15 so he has made his green flag pit stop, and I was wondering a moment ago why some of those that are having problems, why don't they go ahead and come in and make that green flag pit stop, make that adjustment instead of just losing time on the racetrack. So maybe that's what Davey Allison just did. Second place changes hands in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine working with race traffic, a factor around a couple of cars, including Rusty Wallace and Tim Richmond. Rusty Wallace was running second. He had Rick Hendrick's entire Chevrolet dealership, Jeff Bodine, Tim Richmond, and Darrell Waltrip, all three of the Hendrick cars surrounding him. Traffic the factor as Bodine comes out with second. Richmond is now third, Wallace fourth, and Waltrip fifth. That's a good race also right there in that stage as they work back into turn number one. Those four cars just about a car length apart there in front of Eli Gold. That pass would have happened a couple of laps ago, but that time by Bobby Hillen Jr. who had gone a lap down was on the inside lane and that prevented the pass from being made off turn two they made it last time by up at the other end of the racetrack about six seconds ahead of all that Bill Elliott is about to overlap Cale Yarborough Bodine will hang on to the third spot against the advances of Richmond and now it is uh, Rusty Wallace settled into that fourth spot for the moment and he'll try to fend off Darrell Waltrip Halfway in this opening 75 lap segment as Dale Earnhardt works his way past the lapped car of Greg Sachs Dave Despain mentioned the Hendrick cars a moment ago. Benny Parsons is driving the Hendrick Folgers car for the season, but not here at the Winston. Tim Richmond is behind the wheel of that car with Harry Hyde, the crew chief, and Benny is driving for the Jackson brothers in the Copenhagen car. That's for today only. Things will revert back to the way they've been all season next week for the Coke 600. If you're wondering what the situation was with Dale Earnhardt right now, he got caught up in that shuffle early in the race this afternoon, lost a lot of ground, and now Bill Elliott is about nine seconds, just a little better than nine seconds ahead of Earnhardt, who currently rides in the sixth position. That scramble again for the third spot is a pretty good one from third on back, from second on back, actually is down in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine, Tim Richmond, Rusty Wallace, and Darrell Waltrip with Earnhardt closing. They're taking basically the same lines, a groove and a half up off the bottom of the track. Tim Richmond has obviously lost none of the aggressive style that won him seven races last year. He's been right in there, elbow and shoving, mixing it up with the best of them. Scrambled around in second spot, lost second, and now he's been back into the third spot behind his teammate Jeff Bodine. But looking good out there. Well, as far as his ability, Tim says he feels like, as far as racing ability, like he never left. So far, I, you know, it seems like I ran Riverside last week and got the trophy, and, and I'm here this week. It really does. I, mean, either, I, I might be trying to block out the last three or four months. I don't know, but uh, 
I don't feel like I've had any layoff at all. I really don't. He's racing like he hasn't had any layoff at all, Barney. He's edge right here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Looks awfully good right now. We've seen him in a couple of tight traffic situations, and he's been able to handle it pretty well. Here he comes down to the line as the leader works off into turn number one. Jeff Bodine and Tim Richmond get a little bit closer together down in turn one. The interesting thing is that Bill Elliott is not running quite as low on the racetrack here in one and two as are the other cars. Elliott's a good groove and a half up from the bottom. The other car's a whole lot closer to the white line, but Bill's just pulling off. Similar situation up here in three and four, and you begin to wonder, given the format, the fact that this is really a heat race, that Bill Elliott continues to just stomp away. He has not cracked the throttle a bit. He is extending his lead with every lap, and there's really no advantage in that because when they stop this race, he's going to be right back there with the pack. Meanwhile, about midfield, Dale Earnhardt is living what he called his worst nightmare about what would be the running of the race, that he'd get stuck back in the middle of the pack. They're going to base it on how many times you lead. Well, you might not lead but one time. You might not get your car working until the, the end deal, and you, and you get to the front then, and then the 10-lap segment, they stick you in the back. That ain't too good a deal. I mean, you know, you work like heck all, all day long to get to there, and then they stick you in the rear. So, you know, I don't, I don't really go for that, but uh, I don't think there'll be that many leaders in a, this short of a race. Well, he's right about that. There's been only one, and it's Bill Elliott, and Earnhardt has had to fend off Jeff Bodine and now play catch-up. And if he keeps running like he is, there's only going to be one leader that first 75 laps away it's looking right now, and that will be Bill Elliott. A little bit further back in the field, three cars that are not getting around this racetrack at all to their liking would be Terry Labonte, Morgan Shepard, and Buddy Baker, who won the Winston Open earlier here this afternoon to get a starting spot in the Winston. Those cars are really having some problems in the corners, but as we said, once they get back into the pits, they can make some adjustments. They may be the, the cream of the crop. Who knows? Marty, I've been checking the speed on Buddy Baker. We commented during the Winston Open that he was running consistently around 3260 to 3280 uh, seconds per lap. Now he's over the 33-second bracket, around 3308 to 3310, which is about four-tenths of a second slower than he was running before. I'm going to go down and check with his pit crew there and just see what the difference is. And perhaps Dick Brooks, too. Some of these teams that are running toward the back of the pack, Ned brought up a very interesting point a bit ago. Why haven't they stopped yet? This race is more than half old. They have to make a green flag pit stop. Here comes one now as one of the Valvoline cars peels off the banking. Neil Bonnet will make his appearance on pit road for his green flag stop. But, so well, some of these cars could have used a stop. It looked like Barney about lap 10. Well, that's a, that's a pretty good gamble. If, just like Neil, now if he stops... He's, uh, they're just putting on two tires, uh, don't seem to be having any problem They're cleaning, the, cleaning off the grill, give him a little drink, and uh, getting ready to send him on his way. It's a pretty good stop. But they, uh, now that he goes back out, you got to remember he's a lap down. So if a caution comes out now, he is completely lapped. Now somebody like Dale Yarbrough that's already been lapped on the racetrack, and they knew they were going to get lapped if they didn't come in in a few laps, that might have been all right. But uh, if you're running right in the middle, and you come in and pit, and a few laps later, caution goes out, then you're a lap down, and uh, it's going to be difficult to make up. But one other thing, I think like with uh, Buddy Baker, he may be running three or four tenths slower, but he doesn't have the whole racetrack to run with the way he did when he was leading a while ago. He's having to follow a couple cars that are only running that fast, and maybe it's in a position where he can't get by them. So uh, in a lot of cases, that happens to you. I think uh, Earnhardt was kind of mentioning something similar to that. You get caught in traffic, uh, even though there's nobody around you really except one or two cars in front of you if you can't get by them you have to run their speed so if you can get by them then you can go ahead and run your own speed so that may be what's happening to baker good point let's check with doug richard the crew chief on it doug he's running about four tenths of a second slower than he was in the winston open is there a difference well right now the car is just a little bit on the tight side uh, 
we're going to have to make a green flag stop sometime here in this first 75 lap segment. So we're going to switch the stagger around a little bit and hopefully that'll improve it. Bill's running awful strong and he's coming up behind us. Are you going to wait until you run pretty close out on fuel before you make that stop? Well, yeah, I'm going to try and go as long as I can. Uh, unless I start falling off real bad on time, I, get, I just about have to pit. Okay, that's Doug Richard, crew chief for Buddy Baker. Terry Labonte has broken out of that four-car draft. He was riding along there in and, uh, and now begins to reel in up a little closer to the front of the pack here this afternoon. To give you an idea of how quick Elliott is getting around this racetrack, we've clocked him the last two or three laps around. He's averaging about 32.4 seconds, which is not a whole lot slower than they qualified here. They qualified about 3180-something, so he is really setting a blistering pace. Now, the thing that is in his favor, as Ned pointed out and some of our other turn people did, he is out all by himself. He doesn't have that much traffic to work. He can pick his own line through the corners, run pretty much in clean air, so to speak, and that will make a big difference of at least a couple of a hundred seconds, and that's exactly what's happening here this afternoon. But in fairness to his team, they have done their homework, and they have that car dialed in. I think he'd run him, be running pretty close to that if he was right in the middle of traffic. Well, we were talking about that a while ago, and Baker was running behind Labonte and uh, another car or two during traffic and stuff, and he couldn't do anything with them. He couldn't pass them or anything. Then he got caught in some traffic and fell back behind Labonte, and now he's about to run him back down. So he can run quicker if he can just get to front, I think, or get by himself. At 50 laps, Elliott has a lead of nearly 10 seconds. Jeff Bodine has moved up into the second slot. Tim Richmond is third. In fourth now is Dale Earnhardt. He's passed Rusty Wallace, the fifth-place car. Darrell Waltrip is sixth. Ricky Rudd has moved up into the seventh position. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Ninth is Benny Parsons. Tenth is Harry Gant. Eleventh is Richard Petty. Twelfth is Kyle. Thirteenth would be Terry Labonte. Back in 14th, they're posting Buddy Baker. A lot of the cars are on pit road. First, let's go to Ned. Well, Dale Earnhardt, a little different strategy on the Ranger crew there. They put on the and they did it in about 13 and a half seconds. Jimmy Parsons was in also in about 13 and three tenth seconds. He changed right side tires, or his crew did. Bobby Allison's crew had a problem with the, one of the lug wrenches, had to go back and get another one. He was in for 22 and a half seconds. Jim Richmond in the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet slides to a stop. They go to the right side on that car to change the tires. And they fill it up with Jimmy Cal Gal Celine and down in front of Dick Brooks is Harry Gant. Harry Ganson, they're going to uh, make a left side tire change on his car. They made right side on Bill Elliott's. And uh, as Ned uh, pointed out, the uh, Ringer car, they made a left side tire change on it. That's uh, a little bit of a strategy that uh, we may see what happens here after a while. I looked at uh, the tires on the Ringer car, and I could see the right rear. And it didn't seem to be uh, worn any more than the left side was, but they just chose to change left side tires. We'll see what happens to it. Richard Petty pulling off the banking up in turn number four will bring the STP Pontiac on the pit road along with Cale Yarborough in the Hardy's machine. Rusty Wallace is in. Here comes Buddy Baker on the pit road, and that will just about take care of everybody except Bobby Hillen. And now he's peeling off the banking up in turn number four and will drop on the pit road. And Jeff Bodine will be the last of the cars to make a pit stop here as he drops into pit road two. Let's go back to Ned. Barney, Tim Richard a good pit stop from Harry Hyde and the crew. A little under 12 seconds it took them to change the tires. Two right side tires. Buddy Baker just made a good pit stop in 14 seconds. But as Tim Richmond was going out, Terry the body was coming in. We almost saw a crash there, but both of them were heads up. And now everybody takes off, so does Bobby Hillen. So that should be the green flag service for the, all of them on this uh, segment of the race. 
Kyle Petty will get a chance to lead. The Wood Brothers have left him on the speedway. If he's not made a stop, that would certainly be a bonus for the Wood Brothers and Kyle. Remember, starting lineup for the next segment of this race depends on how many times you lead the race, not how many laps. And just by going in front for one lap, it'll put Kyle up near the head of the pack as he now brings the Wood Brothers car to the pit lane. So he has led this race once, and Bill Elliott has led the race once also here this afternoon. And Morgan Shepard brings his car, the Quaker State Buick, onto pit road for scheduled service. Now remember, there will be another stop coming up at lap number 75. So, Ned, if they make a mistake right now, don't put something on the car or make an adjustment on the car that's a little out of kilter. Probably they'll be able to live with it and remain on the lead lap until lap number 75. And then they get a 10-minute break and they can really do some serious adjusting. Yes, they can, Barney, and they all look forward to that because you pointed out several of them needed some adjustments, and many of them will make some adjustments during these tire changes. They do it in the stagger of the tire. They don't have to put a rejoint to do that nowadays. They just change the stagger of the tire. That is the size of the tire once they pump it up, and that makes a difference in how the car handles on the racetrack. Good pit stop for Kyle Petty. The whip of the car will run to 14 seconds for him. Earnhardt is flying. He went past Tim Richmond like he was stopped and now goes to work on Rusty Wallace. Works inside of Rusty Wallace, goes by him. Darrell Waltrip trying to make that same move inside of Wallace. Rusty comes down off the bank of turn two to cover the spot. Got a little too crowded there for Darrell. No place for him to go, but Earnhardt is quick. He drove around those guys like there was no tomorrow. When they brought the car in, it was an average length pit stop. Richmond made that very quick stop, and yet when they got back out onto the racetrack, Earnhardt was able to just drive right by him. And one thing that might have helped there, Earnhardt and Darrell Waltrip. Both took on left side tire, so maybe that was the tip. After the pit stop, Bill Elliott, the race leader. Jeff Bodine rides in the second spot. Earnhardt has now moved up to third. Going to fourth is Darrell Waltrip. He moves around Rusty Wallace. Tim Richmond is sixth, and Ricky Rudd would be seventh. That's unofficial the way we have it here in the broadcast booth. Well, NASCAR is indicating on the scoreboard that Elliott is indeed the leader, and he's taken up right where he left off after that first round of pit stops as he takes him back off into turn number one. Just about a straightaway separate him now from the rest of the field, and as we said a moment ago, the rest of the field being Jeff Bodine in the number two spot down in front of Eli Gold. Jeff Bodine has managed to pull away from everybody else that were chasing him. As a matter of fact, let's get a clock on him. He's got to have a good 10 seconds or so at least on the rest of the field, Dale Earnhardt, Waltrip, Wallace, Tim Richmond, and Ricky Rudd. Good advantage there. That continues to be a good battle for the third position, but it's a full five seconds behind Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt hanging on to that third spot, but look here. Here comes Darrell Waltrip up the inside, and those two who have had a tussle or two in their days are about to get back at it again. Pretty good scramble among those two as they come trouble up Boom, in the middle of three and four. Car into the wall, spinning, sliding. It looks like Greg Sachs, who's had trouble all day, and Richard Petty comes along and smacks him. Both cars sliding down onto the concrete apron. It started with Sachs getting loose, breaking loose, and going up. Check that. It is the other 75 car, the 75 car of Neil Bonnet, and Richard Petty caught him a lick, and both cars are now out of the race. Bonnet is down, stopped on the apron. Petty makes it to pit road. Richard is limping down pit road on the right side, the right front of that car. The sheet metal is really ripped away as he's trying to get into his pits, and we'll get a word there in just a moment as if he'll be able to continue. He may decide to go right onto the garage, and that's exactly what he is going to do. Meanwhile, Greg Sachs's car, let's make that Neil Bonnet's car, sits on the apron again for an update. Let's go back to Dave Despain. It was indeed the Neil Bonnet car that was involved, and let's make that very clear. The safety cruiser there with him quickly. The two Valvoline cars painted identically. The 75 of Neil Bonnet with the blue and white colors now rumpled up a little bit. It was not Greg Sachs. Sachs continues on the racetrack. The crews are with Neil Bonnet. As they came through the corner, Bonnet got loose and got up into the wall. Richard Petty, in trying to avoid him, went up and cracked the concrete a good lick. And as they came down off the corner, Petty was able to limp onto pit road, but the Bonnet car is stopped with heavy damage. 
and Barney Hall as they came back to the start-finish line, Morgan Shepard and Bobby Allison, who had made long pit stops. Allison at least had made a long pit stop. Morgan was about to be left on the racetrack, in fact, had been. They both passed Bill Elliott as they came off of the fourth turn, so that should put them back in the lead lap. We're going to see some pit stops coming up right now. Benny Parsons has brought his car back to pit road along with Davey Allison, and they'll take advantage of this if they miss the adjustment just a moment ago as we're under the first caution flag of the day in the Winston here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Let's go to the garage area and Dick Brooks. Richard, you just pointed at something up on the window there. What was that? I, man, I don't know. When uh, the 50 blew, and uh, I went high, and then he went high, and I went low, and he come low, and I tried to get back around him, couldn't quite make it, and run in the oil and just you know, busted the front end and the back end. Something come through the window there. I don't know what that is. You, you all right, though, huh? Yeah, I'm all right. Just a little disappointed, naturally, you know. But okay. uh, we weren't running that good. We weren't running that bad, really, with a couple of adjustments. We, we'd have been able to run with seven or eight of them up there, so we'd have been in pretty good shape. You're the first one we've talked to about the track surface. What, what do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, just about. When, I, when the race started, my car was loose, and I found me another groove okay. Okay. and worked real good for a while, and then the car got to pushing. And so then I had to hit in between from high to low yeah, and finally yeah, got it working there. pretty good. Yeah, it's hard to get in the middle sometimes, yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. It is so hard at Charlotte Motor Speedway, as we've pointed out a couple of times a day, at the heat factor, the hotter the sun gets on this racing surface, it really changes, and it's, it's a lot of it is total guesswork and hoping you're hitting the right setup. Some of them are, some of them are not. Well, Dave Despain, don't feel bad confusing Greg Sachs with Neil Bonnet if Richard Petty did, and he had the bird's eye view of the car right in front of him. Those two cars are painted, of course, uh, just identically. They're helping Neil Bonnet out of the Raymock Valvoline Pontiac right now. Safety workers are on the scene, and we'll have a report for you from up uh, in that vicinity, or rather from uh, the track infield care center, uh, just as soon as we can. 66 laps are complete here in this first 75-lap segment of the Winston. For a quick update, let's go back to turn four. Well, the speedy drive does uh, confirm that story, Barney. We want to make that clear. We had been watching Neil Bonnet, and his car had been handling a little badly. He was having some of the loose problem that uh, has been confronting a, a number of these drivers all day long, and his seemed to be particularly bad. And we didn't want to speculate about the cause of that crash right off the bat because it, the car had been loose, and we thought it might have just gotten away from him. But indeed, it did blow the engine, as Richard said, and as the speedy drive confirms. And so Neil Bonnet was really helpless as he took that ride, driver's side first into the outside retaining wall. Behind him, the scramble for Petty, and we know the rest of the story. Well, Dick Brooks has been in contact with the Raymock team, and they have talked to their driver over the two-way radio. Dick? Well, they talked to him, and they've got him out. He's just now going into the into the hospital, and uh, we'll see if we can get some sort of report here in a minute. They said something said something about his legs was hurting, so I don't know I don't know what the problem is. We'll look and see. There's still working caution as the field comes by the start-finish line. Harold Kinder does not give them an indication that they'll go back to green. At least it'll be one more lap under caution as they're circulating around the Charlotte Motor Speedway. If you just joined our broadcast, we're in the final segment of the big weekend here at Charlotte Motor Speedway running the Winston, and we've lost two of the top competitors in it, Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty. Mike? I'm sorry. I, I uh, uh, standing here in the, in the uh, hospital, and uh, they're putting a, a neck brace on him and, and his legs, but I said, uh, you okay? And he nodded his head. Yeah, he, he'd be okay. So... Uh, uh, they're, they're tending to him now, but he looks like it's going to be all right. They're just going to uh, uh, put some stretches on him stuff for precautions, I think. I'll let you, I'll let you know in a minute. Well, that's good news on, uh, on Neil Bonnet's condition. We'll get an up further update in a moment from the track hospital and from Dick Brooks. For any update on the pit activity, let's go to Ned. Several cars came in, including Benny Parsons, uh, Terry Labonte, Bobby Allison, and Morgan Shepard, and changed four tires during this caution, Barney. I was a little surprised that more of them didn't come in since they had only changed two tires on the green flag pit stops. But as we pointed out before, the tire situation is not as critical here as it has been in the past. The new tires don't run faster than the tires that are used, so they chose to stay out there. Most of them did, and of course they got enough fuel to go the rest of the way. 
field just going out of turn number two down the middle of the back straightaway as they continue to adjust on these cars this afternoon, but they're going to have to do a lot of twisting on everything down there to catch up to the way Elliott's been getting around this racetrack, but we could see that happen. They're forming up for a restart over in turn number three. There are five cars that are a lap off the pace at this juncture of the Winston this afternoon. Buddy Baker will be the first car down on the inside along with leader Bill Elliott. No doubt he will try to get his lap back as they put him back under green here. Bobby Hillen Jr. is a lap down. So is Cale Yarborough. So is Davey Allison. And so is Greg Sachs. Up to turn four. Well, let's keep in mind now that if anybody can get around Bill Elliott and lead a lap here, they're going to be on equal footing with Elliott. The number of times you lead is the key. They're looking for the break as they come off turn four. Elliott's not going to let anybody get back on the lead lap. Waltrip gives Bodine a little shove here in the trioval as they go back to turn number one and try to climb up and catch that fleet forward. Everybody stays single file. Earnhardt closes right in on the rear deck of Darrell Waltrip. The cars who were a lap down are now at least back on fifth spot in line. As they hit the backstretch, Elliott's jump amounts to a couple of car lengths over Bodine. It's three back to Darrell Walter riding in the third spot. Earnhardt will test him on the bottom as they hit turns three and four. There's nothing there. Earnhardt stays in fourth. Rusty Wallace is fifth. Doesn't look like Elliott's going to be able to shake anybody as they put him back under green here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Jeff Bodine is about a half a car length back, hanging right in that tight draft along with Darrell Walter, Dale Earnhardt, and Rusty Wallace. They're back in one. Closing in on this first segment's conclusion, the front four cars, now the front five as Rusty Wallace also bursts free of race traffic, staying single file. Davey Allison's car has not come up to speed. He's limping down in turn number one with an obvious problem. He was a lap down anyway. Further back in the field, we've got sixth place belonging to Tim Richmond. Seventh is Ricky Rudd making a challenge on him from eighth spot is Harry Gant who gets real loose, slips and slides around, gathers it back up. Gant's car wiggled all over turn number four before coming out of the corner straight. Behind him comes Terry Labonte, Kyle Petty, Morgan Shepard and then Benny Parsons all on the lead lap. Leaders are up in two. And still, as Bill Elliott shows the way, Bodine seems to be closing in to try and make a quick move to at least lead once. That's the key. you got to get around Bill Elliott and lead the race once. Two men have led this race, Bill Elliott, by a bundle on one occasion. Clearly the strongest car out there at that juncture. Kyle Petty led it once by staying out longer on the green flag pit stop. It's just inches between Elliott and Bodine. Back to the start-finish line, and they're getting the white flag, meaning they will come on to pit road for that 10-minute mandatory stop here in just a few minutes as they whirl back into turn number one. I don't think we'll see any change there, but Bodine may try and get around Elliott before they get back to the line as they work out of turn number two and head up to three. Well, if he's going to do it, he's got to do it right now. Bill Elliott peels it off into turn number three. About a car-length separation. Bodine eats up most of that. Elliott's sticking to the bottom of the racetrack this time. Most of the race, he's run in the middle. They're out of turn four for the dash down to the wire. Thought Bodine would try it up high, but he'll draft tightly off Elliott back to the line. Elliott will win it. Bodine is second. Waltrip is third. Fourth is Earnhardt. Fifth, Rusty Wallace. Sixth is Tim Richmond. Seventh, Harry Gant. Eighth will be Ricky Rudd. And ninth will be Kyle Petty. That looks like Terry Labonte. The tenth place car, Morgan Shepard. Back in the eleventh position. And Betty Parsons back about twelfth. Those cars all finishing up this first segment on the lead lap. The three drivers that led during this first 75-lap segment, again, unofficially, Bill Elliott led twice from the drop of the green flag and then again after his pit stop. When he pitted, Jeff Bodine took over the lead for a couple of laps, and when Bodine pitted, Kyle Petty assumed the front spot before he, the last car, made his pit stop. So those three are have to be up at the head of the class when they drop the green flag on the next 50-lap segment. Well, now here comes the whole field on the pit road, and it's going to be interesting as we'll sit here in the tower along with our pit reporters and watch what happens down there. Let's go to Ned. Ned, I think we may see some adjustments on some of these cars, but I wouldn't be surprised, and I don't think you would either, if we don't see a lot on Bill Elliott's and a couple of the others that are running that well. No, I doubt if we will see that much because he was running so well. The reason Davey Allison had slowed there at the end, of course, he 
came out there and, and toughed it out. The right rear tire was going flat on that car. Of course, they'll have an opportunity to put four new tires. I think we will see all of them put new tires on them. Now, they, the clock didn't start until the last car came by the scorer stand by Morris Metcalf, the chief scorer for NASCAR Winston Cup Racing. And the, the clock started then 10 minutes, and they can go to work on them and do what they can or what they will. And Davey Allison's car, of course, they're putting four tires on it now. Benny Parsons' car, they got the hood up on it. They'll check the oil and the water and be sure that everything's okay. But I doubt if we see any real major changes, especially on those that were running up front. Now, Bill Elliott did such a good job running out in front of for most of this 75-lap segment, but he said yesterday, he said, they may try something completely different for the first two segments of this race. Of course, Elliott's his own chassis man, but he won't be able to crawl out and jump under the car with just 10 minutes to work on it. Well, I think I'm going to let Ivan do that. We're going to decide in the morning you know exactly which way we're going to go and maybe think about going in each direction as far as what we're going to do with the race car and then determine after the first 75 laps what we're going to do for the next 50 and then for the last 10. And then hopefully find a balance right in the middle for that last 10 laps. So Barney, if there's a balance, I think they had it right from the start. Well it's obvious that they are. In fact there's not that much activity around his car right now. We're back at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and as we told you, that 10-minute break is going on on pit road. And for a quick update, let's first go to Ned Jarrett. Well, we're in uh, Rusty Wallace, the Kodiak pits, and he is out of the car, and uh, they have a fan running here in the pit, so it's a good break for him as he talks to Jimmy Maycar, his chassis expert. They're talking about what changes they're going to make on the car. Rusty was telling him it's doing something in the, in the turn. Rusty, are you going to make some major changes on it? No, no major changes. Some tire stagger and a little more timing and a... Uh, and just a little uh, height adjustment on the right front, you know, just, just going to work. It's just spinning the tires going into turn one. We've got to try to figure that out. Now, this is an unusual type of a break. You get out here and get the fan to run and get to cool off, get something to drink. Pretty nice. Yeah, we just, all, when you're running this hard, you just got to try to get your head back together, and that's what we're trying to do right now. Okay, good luck to you. Okay, thank you. How about Ricky Rudd? Ricky, you said uh, your car's tightening up on you? Well, Dick, we started the first couple laps, and the car was a little loose, and uh, the more we ran, the tighter the car got, which... I don't believe I've ever experienced that before on a racetrack. Very seldom do you ever go to a racetrack, and the more laps you run, the tighter the car gets, the more comfortable it gets. And uh, at one stage during the race, we were actually running Elliott down about a tenth of a second a lap. We were on the other side of the racetrack, but the car got faster and faster. Then we came in and changed tires, and it slowed it back up again. This is a little bit early to ask this. I guess we probably should do it on the next stop. What does a stop do to you like this, or what do you think it's doing? You get, you, you've got to get down off the high and then uh, think about getting back up again. Well, the way our car was running, it was it was set up to run like a, a 200 laps. If we'd have run 200 miles straight, we'd have been sitting in real good shape because our car got better. Uh, with these short sprint races, it gives the other guys that, that cars went away as they ran, gives them a chance to get stronger and stronger. Uh, so we're going to have to make some chassis adjustments to compensate to try to be fast, you know, as the 10 laps, as we come into that 10 laps. We need to run fast right away. All right, Barney. I think that uh, there's two or three of them said that their cars is getting tighter and tighter and uh, uh, that was, wasn't what Baker was saying earlier. He said his car kept getting looser. So I don't know, just the chassis, the way they got them set, I suspect. You see a lot of cars sitting down there with a hood up. Bobby Hillen has his Miller Buick there with a hood up on it. So does Darrell Waltrip. Jeff Bodine, they're looking under the hood of his car along with Tim Richmond and so on up through the pit area right there. I don't think it's any major problem that it gives them a chance to look under there and make sure maybe do a little preventive maintenance, so to speak. I well, think Go Excuse ahead, me, Ed. Barney. I think that's the case. We saw him. Uh, we walked away from Rusty Wallace's pits, but we see that Harold Elliott, the engine builder, is setting the timing on the car just to be sure that it's back where it was when they started, or maybe they're going to jack it up a little bit or something like that. And some of them in that last 10 laps might really jack the timing up. You take a chance of burning a piston if you do that, but it'll usually make the car run faster and they can probably get by with it for at least 10 laps. We also should point out that there is a NASCAR official inspector at every pit. 
and they're looking at what's going on with the drivers, and they were told in the driver's meeting, if they made a spring change or if they made an adjustment on the front end of the car, uh, which, you know, they can, uh, they got screw jacks on every wheel of the car, but if they made adjustments on the front, they were going to have to go back through the height gauge, and they got a height gauge out here on pit road down at the entrance of the garage area, and they'd have to get in line and go through that. We haven't seen any cars go down there yet, so apparently they we're not seeing that kind of an adjustment made. We're standing by Terry Labonte, who drives a Budweiser Chevrolet. Terry, how did you see that first uh, 75 laps? Were you pleased? Not really, Ned. The car was pushing real bad, and uh, when we made that last stop, under the caution there, it, uh, we really helped it. So uh, we've worked on it just a little bit more to try to get some of the push out of it. Okay, so that's uh, what these 10 minutes are for, to try to get them adjusted right. Well, some of the cars were up on jack stands during the break. Davey Allison still is. Jeff Bodines was. Benny Parsons' car is up on stands. And there's also a mechanic crawled underneath uh, Greg Sachs' automobile. Ask Benny what they'd be prepared to do during those 10-minute breaks. I think we can do a great deal. I think we can change all the springs, the shock absorbers. I think we can do a great deal. But... Uh, the thing is, we don't know what they're going to change until we get into the race. And then, you know, the conditions are going to be totally different because there's going to be a 100-lap race just prior to our race. So there's a lot of unknowns right now, Mike, and it's, it's very difficult for us to figure out exactly what, we're going to, what it's going to require. I think they got a better idea now because there was one car that worked terrific and about three or four that were there and a bunch that... Well, weren't quite in the ballpark. Mike, one of those cars that worked pretty good was Jeff Bodine. Jeff, I'm, I, I'm having to step around these things, step over these marks. They got marks all over, the, all over the ground down here. What does all these things mean? I don't know. Those guys might be, be playing tic-tac-toe. I don't know what they're playing. Uh, we just marked it where we stopped, Dick, to check the frame heights, the wedge, make sure everything was okay. I'll tell you, this car's running good. It's handling good. That Ford's tough, but we're going to try to run him hard this segment and, of course, then get ready for that last 10-lap dash. What happened right there on the first lap? Uh, Y'all got uh, swapping sheet metal there just a little bit? Well, I tell you, it got a little hairy. Uh, yeah, I got underneath those fellows down the straightaway and felt good, but I got to the corner, I had my hands full. It looked like a uh, 747. It just took off. The car got sideways, got up into Earnhardt, and I couldn't get away from him. You know, when you get two cars together, sometimes they stick there, and we just couldn't get unhooked. A lot of cars went by, but uh, we straightened out, and fortunately, no one wrecked. Well, it's a good, good exciting for the fans, so good luck to you. There's about 50 seconds showing on the countdown clock here before they'll push them back up and get them ready to go in the second segment of the Winston. One thing we should point out, Barney, it is a new segment, but it's not a new race. The cars that lost a lap in the first 75-lap segments, they still are a lap down, or, or some are two. Buddy Baker lost a lap, so did Davey Allison and Cale Yarborough. Bobby Hillen and Greg Sachs will be two laps down when they line them up. And, of course, Neil Bonnet and... Uh, Richard Petty's cars are back in the garage area. And uh, I'll check back with Dick Brooks for a moment. Dick, did we give the latest update on Neil's condition? Well, Neil is, uh, uh, they're going to take him for some x-rays, take him over to the hospital for some x-rays on his neck and his elbow and his knee. So there doesn't seem to be anything wrong. I uh, had, to, had to leave out of the hospital, but uh, when I seen him, he, he shook his head and said he was okay. And he was talking fine. So uh, I think he just got a good stiff neck, and, uh, and he's got a skin on his elbow, and I couldn't see his knee, but they said it was hurting him. So... Uh, they're going to take him over and uh, do some x-rays on him. Well, they had talked all week long here about what kind of strategy, I, I'm as guilty of it as all the media were, talking to different drivers about what would your strategy be for a race with this type format. Kyle Petty says there's only one strategy, and that's just to get out there and hold the throttle down and hold your breath and hope everything works. You run a 75-lap race, race and then a 50 and then a 10, then there's no strategy at all. You just kind of 
take your brain out and drive hard, as hard as you can. And, you know, that's pretty much what everybody's going to have to do. They're just going to have to run as hard as they can, as fast as they can, try to lead as many laps as you can, and uh, try and be there for the last 10 laps and try and win the thing. He's been running pretty well here this afternoon. With 75 laps complete, there'll be another 50-lap segment coming up here in just a moment. And if there's one driver who perhaps has a question mark in his mind, it would have to be Tim Richmond. He's had a long layoff. He's back in the race car for the first time. We'll get his thoughts in a little bit about how he feels and how he expected to be at the end of this show. Davey Allison very late getting off pit road, and Ned Jarity almost went a lap down, even though that we're under the caution and haven't started the next 50-lap segment. He did. They were told in the driver's meeting, after when the 10 minutes is up, they roll off the line, and they'll come around, they'll make two laps. They'll get the green flag now the next time around. They're coming across the start-finish line now, and any car that is not rolling down pit road when the last car goes across the start-finish line would be a lap down. But all of the cars did get off the pit road, and, uh, of course, will remain wherever they were. Well, the driver who led the most in the first segment, of course, led the most times. That was Bill Elliott. He's on the pole right now. Jeff Bodine also led and finished up second in that first segment, so he'll be on the outside pole. Kyle Petty finished well back as they took the checkered flag, but he did lead in the first segment, so he lines up third. From there on back, nobody led us a lap, so they line up the way they came across the line at 75 laps. Darrell Waltrip is fourth. Dale Earnhardt is fifth. Sixth is Rusty Wallace. Seventh is going to be Tim Richmond. Eighth is Harry Gant. Ninth is Ricky Rudd. Tenth is Terry Labonte. Eleventh, Bobby Allison. Twelfth, Morgan Shepard. And thirteenth, Benny Parsons. Toward the back of the pack, one lap down, Buddy Baker, Davey Allison, and Cale Yarborough. Two laps back are Bobby Hillen and Greg Sachs. And Dave Despain, as they come by you, it looks like, well, now Davey Allison falls into line. I was wondering if he was going to get up to speed and catch the pack there. I almost jumped in on you, Mike, because I thought he was going to stop on the backstretch. Uh, apparently, Davey just uh, buckling in and getting himself... Saddled, uh, saddled up and ready to go here. He is back on the tail end. He is a lap down, if we're correct, and uh, but appears to be in good shape after a lot of work on that car. They were the ones who really scrambled to do a lot of work. Bill Elliott, right back up where he's been from the outset. He broke the track record. He's back on the pole. A moment ago, when they went back under green after that caution flag, Elliott did not run away like he did in the beginning of the race here this afternoon. In fact, Jeff Bodine was able to hang with him, so was Darrell Waltrip, and so was Dale Earnhardt. And now with this stop and the adjustments made and new tires all the way around, they're ready to go racing here very shortly, and it'll be interesting to see if he can take off and get back out there like he did before. It's been a pretty good race back through the pack this afternoon with the first 75 laps out of the way and 50 to go before they'll stop again. We're talking before they rolled him off about Tim Richmond, about whether or not he has a question about his endurance and whether he can go the distance today. Well, that's the uh, the only thing uh, that concerns me, but that that concern has always been there uh, from day one. From even prior to me uh, getting sick, uh, uh, the only thing prior to the race that really bothered me uh, that, that I was worried about uh, was the stamina, you know. Uh, I was always afraid that I might have to get out of a race car uh, without it being broke or without it being crashed or, with, you know, I'd have to get out because I wasn't able, myself wasn't able to continue on. But Richmond went on to tell us he thinks the format of this race is ideal for the type of comeback he's experiencing. Three short sprint races so that he doesn't have to run five or six hundred miles and get himself tired out today. Well, there's no question about that. It'll certainly be a break in his favor this afternoon. Dick, we're sitting here wondering, I don't think we, you ever ran in any kind of race like this. And, Ned, I'm sure you didn't either back in the old days that they'd stop for ten minutes and, and do this. But it would be a welcome relief in a way, wouldn't it? Well, it changes your, changes your, your mentally. And I don't know how that would do. You know, it's like a rain. We've had a lot of rainouts where you'd stop twice or three times and then go again. And uh, sometimes you uh, do better afterwards. Sometimes you don't do as well. Uh, but it, it changes your mental attitude on it. And uh, uh, I don't know how this is going to do. That's what I talked to Rudd about. And it's a little early to tell. So we'll just have to wait and see. 
Tell yep. you one thing it did, Mike. How many times have we heard guys say, boy, if we could have got in the pits and done <laughs> this for just 20 seconds, we'd have won that race. It'll kill that. <laughs> well, they've all had a chance to do it today, and we'll see how the cars run differently in this second segment. Ned, when you were racing and winning your Winston Cup, then Grand National Championships, I know a lot of the tracks, I guess, they used to have, in fact, I think Airlift used to sponsor a few of them, but trophy dashes between the top qualifying drivers. This last 10-lap segment, how similar will that be to, to that type of activity? Well, I think it'll be very similar to, to that type of situation because you'll certainly as far as the way that you tune the car we mentioned a moment ago that they might change the timing on them and uh, they might even make adjustments to where they'd set them up a little bit looser uh, as we heard several of them say that the tarp cars got tighter as they went along so they can make those kind of adjustments just for a 10 lap run so yeah it would be similar to some of those kind of events that we ran back then which were usually pretty exciting one thing one thing is definitely different about that in 1968 i won 11 of those I got 11 trophies, kissed 11 girls, and uh, they're going to get $200,000 today. So something's changed. <laughs> that is a, a little bit different reason to go. In fact, 200,000 reasons to run a little bit harder rather than for a trophy. Pace car is on pit road, and we're about ready to begin the second segment of the Winston here this afternoon. 50 more laps coming up before they stop. We're under green as Elliott again takes off for turn one. Jeff Bodine thought he might be able to make the quick jump to the outside, but couldn't. And while they get single file, third place is in contested right now. Kyle Petty on the low side grabs third. Earnhardt wants to follow him and boot Waltrip back to fifth. They are running side by side for that fourth and fifth spot. Earnhardt and Waltrip in a tremendous battle with right on their rear deck. Rusty Wallace tucked in behind them is Tim Richmond. Tight scramble as Elliott tries to pull away from Bodine up front. Kyle slips a bit high coming out of turn four. Earnhardt is right there. Jumps down underneath Petty's Sitco Ford. Covers the spot. And the Wrangler Chevrolet moves up to third. He's going to tow Rusty Wallace along with him for fourth. Rusty awfully strong going through the corners. Made a move to get inside of Darrell Waltrip. But that seems now to be the popular move. Kyle gets by. Labonte gets by. Gant gets by. The leaders are on the back stretch. The real shuffle is back there in that fifth, sixth, seventh positions. Terry Labonte, who had a terrible struggle in that first segment, seems to have come to life here. He's working his way to the inside of Kyle Petty. And he's trying to pull Darrell Waltrip along with him in the race for six. Cars that seem to be able to stick at the bottom of the racetrack have a big advantage right now in the event here this afternoon. That battle continues for fifth place. It is a hot one between Terry Labonte and Kyle Petty as they head back into turn number one, just inches apart, door to door. Labonte gets the jump going to the inside groove, and he'll outdistance Kyle midway between one and two. Right behind those two cars, Waltrip and Richmond tied up as the others were. And as they break out of that draft, now that side-by-side, -side, Richmond takes the high side and the advantage, and Harry Gant comes with him. Morgan Shepard will go as well, and it's Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip stuck on the bottom, but backing up through traffic. Waltrip's car has gone all the way from Wash to the second rent cycle as he drifts way back in the field. Tim Richmond is not faring much better. Four cars, though, are at the class of the field up front. And for the moment, Bill Elliott, although still at the point, can't quite put away the others in the first few laps of this second segment. Elliott, Bodine, Earnhardt, and Wallace are pulling away. And they've opened up a full second over the fifth-place car, Terry Labonte. Single file in sixth is Kyle Petty, seventh Richmond. Eighth spot belongs to Harry Gant, then another big gap back to the ninth place war. Everybody else is in that battle as they head into four. Boy, you can look so good when you hit the combination, and you can look so bad when you miss it. All of a sudden, half the field is way back at the back of the pack, just trying to play catch-up if they can or hold on to what they have, while up at the front of the pack, Eli, the front four, just going on. And they're running so very well on the racetrack, although for the moment, most everybody back through about 10th or 11th spot are running that same low groove, but not as fast as the front four. Well, the guy whose car has really gone to pieces, apparently, during that 10-minute stop is Darrell Waltrip. He was up there in third starting spot, ran or checked that fourth starting spot on the restart. He has faded to a full four seconds behind the leader. 
and that puts him well toward the back of the pack. In fact, there's only one car behind him that's still on the lead lap. Elliott, Bodine, and Earnhardt now dr running away from Rusty Wallace somewhat. Those three cars tied well together at turn one. Before much longer, Rusty Wallace in fourth will have the company of Terry Labonte, who has broken away from Kyle Petty, Tim Richmond, and Harry Gant. The front three pull off. Earnhardt, who has had to scramble here today, but has been the class of the field throughout the season, dominating the early season activities in the Winston Cup, making a real charge here at Jeff Bodine. Bodine goes high, Earnhardt underneath as they come out of four. Earnhardt, if you give him that inside groove, let him get alongside, he is hard to hold off, but Bodine will be able to do it here at the start-finish line. Earnhardt comes back after him in turn one. Earnhardt, though, now within just a car length of second spot. Bodine goes a bit higher here in turn number two, not nearly as high up the racetrack at the other end of the speedway, but it might be enough for Earnhardt to make a bid. Tremendous battle between the Chevys as they chase the Ford of Bill Elliott that's been the class of the field here today. Into three. Earnhardt dives in low. Bodine up on the top. Remember, they tangled. Ooh, and they both slip high this time, too. They were very close together. They banged there on the first lap of the first segment. Been more yellow paint bounced around here today than in a pencil sharpener between Earnhardt and Bodine as they try to track down Elliott. Bill is getting away, though, down in turn number one. And for the moment, Rusty Wallace still in fourth spot, being able to hold off that oncoming challenge of Levante. Terry had been closing. Now that margin seems to stabilize, but second place still up for grabs. And further back in the field, we've got the sixth place uh, position still held down by Kyle Petty in pretty good shape. Richmond seventh. He's being challenged by Gant. Then comes Davey Allison, though he is a lap down. Up front, Earnhardt and Bodine back at it again. With 82 laps complete here this afternoon in the Winston, it is obvious that the fastest car on the speedway continues to be Bill Elliott. Bill Elliott took up right where he left off after that first 10-minute break. He is ahead of Dale Earnhardt, who rides in the number two position by about a, almost two seconds. Then it's Jeff Bodine hanging on to third. Back and forth would be Rusty Wallace. Fifth position belongs to Terry Labonte right now, then Kyle Petty, and that's the way they're running here. And the separation from about first back to six is almost seven seconds. So that gives you an idea of just how strong Bill Elliott is. We were talking during the break about horsepower. Barney pointing out that Earnhardt doesn't seem that strong off the corner, doesn't have quite so much horsepower. Bodine really was getting off turn four. Randy Dorton, I thought, would go kind of conservative here. He said yesterday they really needed to finish this race in the engine category. But LaRosa says lack of horsepower. Well, Earnhardt was kidding him yesterday about his engines, and LaRosa told us this. All right. This, this is, is Lou's big. This is what I said. This is Lou's big one right want, here. You want gas mileage? Get a Toyota. You want horsepower? Call Waddell Wilson. You want to win races? See me. Well, six out of nine times this season, that's where they've ended up in victory lane. So they've been doing something right. Elliott's the leader. Earnhardt is second. Jeff Bodine is third. Rusty Wallace is fourth. And Terry Labonte is fifth. On pit road, several changes were made during the 10-minute break. Some worked, some didn't. Let's check first with the lead car. Dick Brooks is in the Elliott pit. I'm sorry, Ernie. Ernie, you didn't. Uh, you guys didn't make any changes or anything at that time, right? You just uh, you didn't make any changes, kind of left it the way it was? Uh, just changed four tires and gas. Hey, just kind of cruising, huh? Uh, hanging on. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Okay, they didn't. They didn't make any changes. They're just sitting on the fence here, just uh, like they've done a few times before, and uh, they're not even patting their foot. Really, they're just watching it happen. Not having to hang on. When you're leading, you're not hanging on. I can tell you that. And he really, they have done their homework, and it's paying off for them this afternoon. Earnhardt right now is about 1.2 seconds behind, and let's see if we can get a report from his pit with Ned. We're standing by with Richard Childress, who owns the car. Richard, uh, you told us that the car was pushing a little bit earlier. It looks like you got that out of it. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it pretty good now. Bill's running awful strong, though. We're uh, got, you know, we got behind those cars and couldn't catch up. We're kind of settled down with him right now, about the same pace. Okay, talk to him again. 
So you don't think you'll be able to catch him? All right, now he's beating us about a tenth lap, so we'll just have to see once the tires get real hot. Are there other things you can do to it during the next 10 minutes? Probably? Yeah, if we can get a good start position on the next one, we, I think we got something for him the last round. Okay, so they'll be seeing where they start. That's going to be a key thing, where you start in that last 10 laps. No question about that. 92 laps go up on the board in the Winston here this afternoon. The final main event of the day at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Next weekend, the Coca-Cola World 600. A lot of racing activity left at one of the nation's finest motorsports facilities. Elliott is the leader. A couple of drivers, if you just joined our broadcast, have retired. They were went out on an accident earlier here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty when Bonnet lost an engine in his car, apparently going up into three and four, and Richard having nowhere to go, trying to avoid him, got into the wall, and that will put both of those drivers out. Other than that, all 18 of the remainder of the field are still out there running. NASCAR's Les Richter informs us that Neil Bonnet has been taken to a local hospital. His elbow will be x-rayed for the possibility of a fracture, but otherwise, Neil was okay. That's good news. As Harry Gant works on Tim Richmond coming out of turn number four, that'll be a battle for position back in the pack. Mark an eighth spot that they are, rather, seventh spot they're contesting as they go into turn one. One would have to expect that Gant would eventually, at least at this end of the speedway, take the advantage as Richmond's car is not working as well off turn number two. And coming off the corner, Gant manages to draw even. As they continue that battle, though, they are losing ground to the sixth-place man because... Uh, Kyle Petty is able to draw away as they get racing side by side. Right behind them comes Davey Allison, who is a lap down, but has been lapping very quickly. All the work they did on that car has paid off. If he can get around those guys, he might be able to go up there and get his lap back. Well, Dick Brooks pointed out a moment ago that he had the fastest car on the racetrack, and he had picked off about seven or eight cars from the tail end of the field, getting his way up to the front, but then he ran up on a pack of traffic there, and since that time, Eli hasn't been able to make too much ground. He is, and he's right now right behind that Harry Gant-Tim Richmond deal, and those two are side by side again in front of Davey. And it looks like this time Gant may get the better of it he draws just a few inches in front of richmond oh now as they get into three richmond keeps that hammer down runs it in deep they are close together and side by side as they run through three and four richmond on the top gant with a little advantage on the bottom or gant richmond nobody is giving him anything in his comeback ride the fans gave him a big ovation when he was introduced and that's about all he has gotten here today one car slowing up at turn number four and headed for pit road and it looks like it's going to be the end of what has been a long day for buddy baker he is slow on to pit road he won the open to get into this event but he definitely was off speed as he pulled down onto pit road this is not routine Buddy Baker brings his car into the pits. Let's see if he makes the turn to go to the garage area or if he's going to go into his pits and maybe get some. Nope, he's going to make that hard left turn and take it to the garage area. Bill Elliott has just rolled up 100 laps in Winston here this afternoon. There's 25 more to go before they'll make that final stop with a final 10-minute break to make any adjustments they need on the car. And he leads right now by 2.6 seconds over Dale Earnhardt. And the big key right now, Ned Jarrett, I guess, is for the drivers just to be able to stay in the lead lap with Bill Elliott because once they make that stop, then they'll have a chance to come right back up almost like a caution flag and have a run at him anyway. Very true, Barney, and they will not have to make a pit stop during this 50-lap segment. they got enough fuel to run the full distance. Bill Elliott has been talking a little bit, is running a little bit faster than what he was running in that first deal. He's running uh, around 32.40 in second. Now he's running 32.20, 32.30, 35. So he's really got that car awfully consistent here today but uh, yeah that's all we want to do is hang on now stay in that lap and hope that they can make the right kind of adjustments for that last 10 laps. Ned it seems we're always talking to the crew chiefs who make the right adjustments and the right moves perhaps we might want to get a word with Harry Hyde and, and Dick with Waddell Wilson because their two cars just went slap backwards after being right up as toward the front of the pack at the first 75 lap show they have now drifted well back Waltrip and Tim Richmond have at this 102 lap mark they'll throw the checkered flag again at 125 and have another 10 lap opportunity 
to uh, work on these cars. And sixth place changed hands a lap or so ago. Tim Richmond working around the outside of Kyle Petty, and he took Harry Gant along with him. So move Richmond up to sixth. Gant to seventh. Kyle Petty falls to eighth, and he's getting the pressure from Bobby Allison in turn one. Those two cars are separated by just a half car length. Come off turn number two in each other's tire tracks. Kyle leading Bobby Allison onto the backstretch. Kyle Petty lost about a tenth of a second a lap over a period of about three or four laps. He had been comfortably in front of the ongoing Richmond and Gant battle, and then just all of a sudden they came driving by. Now Allison will challenge Kyle Petty on the outside coming out of four. Kyle's got a problem. Won't be a whole, whole lot of a challenge as Allison just drives on by, and there is something wrong on Kyle's car as he is dropping back in the pack. There are 10 laps before they'll stop for that final 10-minute break. 115 are on the board. They'll stop at 125. Elliott's lead right now over Dale Earnhardt just a pinch over four seconds as Elliott crosses the start-finish line. Dale is just coming off turn number four. It's about two seconds back to the third place now behind Earnhardt of Jeff Bodine. Then it is a long ways back to Rusty Wallace and the rest of the field as the leader heads back to turn two. As he goes into turn two, exiting the corner, Greg Sachs and Bobby Hillen Jr. haven't talked about them as they're a couple of laps in arrears, but they're having a pretty good battle of their own as they work up to turn four. Bill Elliott looking very comfortable as he negotiates three and four, and for the rest of the drivers now, there's really no percentage in running up there and trying to challenge Elliott. There are not enough laps to catch him. They're going to have to be content to hold on to that starting spot that they'll have for the 10 laps and just keep themselves out of trouble. That's the key right now. Well, we're looking forward to a final 10-lap shootout after they drop this next checkered flag, but so far, it looks like Bill Elliott has had all the ammunition. At the Charlotte Motor Speedway, 119 laps are complete in the 135 that'll make up the Winston this afternoon. In six more laps around this racetrack, the entire field will be on pit road for a 10-minute break to make any adjustments they deem necessary on the cars. And the cars that are on the lead lap at this juncture of the race, of course, will line up in the way it's going right now behind Bill Elliott. Barney, and, I'm in, uh, in Kyle Petty's pits talking to, uh, to, to Leonard Wood. Leonard, you said that uh, you was a little bit tight last time. You loosened up a little bit. Now you're a little bit loose this time. What are you going to do this 10 minutes? Well, I think it'd be pretty close just for 10 laps because he didn't, he didn't say anything until he run about 20 or 25 laps. So I think we'll probably go with about the combination we've got right now for the last 10 laps. Just going to put on new tires and let it go. Yes, we got a, we got a set all measured up, you know, that we've run. It runs good. So uh, hopefully that'll be the best setup we got. What do you think about these rest stops? Well, it, I can't see nothing wrong with it. See, it feels pretty good not that to rush around, you know, so I kind of like it. Okay. I think everybody does. Good battle for fourth position heading off into turn one. They work up into the corner with to the inside. It's Terry Labonte. Outside of him is Rusty Wallace. And something is amiss with Labonte as he just couldn't quite stay with Rusty Wallace going into the corner. Terry noticeably slowed and now Richmond's with him. Meanwhile, Harry Gant has pulled off the racetrack onto pit, wall, uh, pit road and he's going behind the wall. Gant had been in a tremendous battle with Tim Richmond for sixth spot for the last 20 laps. He has gone behind the wall. Richmond is now alone in sixth. So off turn number four, Wallace has won that battle with Tim Richmond and Terry Labonte as there are just three laps left to run in this 50-lap segment. Elliott comfortably in front, but he's running up into lap traffic at turn four. As he works around Bobby Hillen and Greg Sachs, they've been having a great battle. You'd think they were racing the last ten laps of the Winston right here. Elliott comes up and splits them up for the moment. Elliott takes it back off into turn number one. He's probably in contact, no doubt, with Ernie. They know there's just a couple of more laps before they'll come in and make that final stop. 
three drivers have now retired from the Winston here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet and Richard Petty got together when Bonnet lost an engine up in turns three and four early this afternoon and sidelined both of those drivers. They are out of it, and now Harry Gant becomes the third car to go to the garage area, leaving a 17 to settle the Winston this afternoon. Actually, he'd be the fourth one. Buddy Baker went out a little while ago, Barney, so it'd be four cars in the garage area. White flag for Bill Elliott as he comes across the stripe, 124 total laps completed. And he has a healthy lead, half a straightaway on Dale Earnhardt going into turn one. Elliott has already gotten by both Bobby Hillen Jr. and Greg Sachs. And as he comes off turn number two, he hasn't changed the line he's taken. He hasn't changed anything all day. It's obvious that Bill ordered that T-Bird with cruise control, and he's had it on from the first green flag here today, totally dominating this event. He's able to run down on the bottom of the racetrack. He seems to prefer to run in the middle. We saw him run the middle most of the first segment. Here he's coming off turn four. Talk about some shuffling on that start for the final ten laps here this afternoon as, as we'll see it coming up here very shortly, what adjustments are made on the car. And I remember the cars that are on the lead lap when they pull them onto pit road here in just a moment will start right in behind Bill Elliott and it'll ha they'll have to make their move very early because obviously if Elliott's car keeps working like it has been all afternoon and he gets a little bit of a jump on that restart in the final 10 laps, he'll be long gone. Let's go to pit road and Ned Jarrett. Well, Harry Gant has crawled out of the Skull Bandit car in the garage area. Harry, what went wrong? Uh, Ned had got, was running hot in that blow ahead gasket. Uh, I knew there was something wrong. It, just, it was handling real good after the changes we made for the second 50 lapper, but the engine just didn't have what it had uh, yesterday evening or the first few laps of the morning, so... I guess it was a gradual seep through in the water gasket. Harry, your impressions of the racetrack now that you've run that much on it? You've won here in the past. Well, it's much better than it was. Uh, you can go around there now. You know, it's slick, no doubt about that, but still, it's not like it used to be. You can go up there and get a hold of it and go, so it's much better. Okay, sorry to see you out there. Thank you. Well, the finish, Bill Elliott, of course, leading all 50 laps of this segment. Dale Earnhardt finishing second. Jeff Bodine is third. Fourth is Rusty Wallace. Fifth is Tim Richmond. Sixth, Terry Labonte. Seventh, Bobby Allison. Eighth was Kyle Petty. Ninth was Darrell Waltrip and tenth, Ricky Rudd. Eleventh was Benny Parsons and twelfth, Morgan Shepard. They are all on the lead lap. One lap back would be Davey Allison. He'd be in the 13th position. And 14th, Cale Yarborough. Three laps down are both Greg Sachs and Bobby Hillen. Barney Bill Elliott has already banked $100,000 today. He won $25,000 by leading at the end of the first 75-lap segment. At the end of this 50-lap segment, that was worth another 50 grand. Plus, he's led this race twice, and there's a $25,000 bonus to the driver who leads the most times during those first 125 laps. Now, Jeff Bodine and Kyle Petty have each led once. So, uh, Bill Elliott, $100,000 in the bank already this afternoon. We'll tell you as they roll off the grid to begin the final 10-lap shootout. The front row is Elliott and Bodine. Row number two, Kyle Petty and Dale Earnhardt. Rusty Wallace and Tim Richmond in the third row. And then it'll be Terry Labonte and Ricky Rudd back in row four. Darrell Waltrip, uh, the rest of the field lined up behind them as they get set to go racing here for 10 final laps. They're over in turn three. Kyle Petty lining up in that third spot, earned that spot by staying out longer during the first segment during a yellow flag. On the second segment start, he became a bit of a roadblock. He was backing up through the field. Those guys who want to get up there and got, uh, get a shot at Bill Elliott, with all due respect to Kyle, are going to have to deal with Kyle's car. Pace car is on pit road. The 
Last 10 laps coming up in the Winston. They wave the green flag, and Elliott comes up through the gearbox. But Bodine is going to get him, jumps him on the start here, and will pull away by half a car length heading for turn one. Bodine has the lead for the moment, but it's Elliott who has the inside groove. That cars get together. Bodine spins. Elliott goes high. Earnhardt goes low. Cars going every which direction. One other car spinning. It's Yarborough. Everybody else continues away, and Earnhardt has the lead. But they've thrown the caution. They'll race back to the flag and head for turn three. It won't be much of a race for the lead. Earnhardt's got a huge advantage as they peel off into turn number four. Uh, Elliott has come through the mess to hang on to the second spot. He'll have a shot at Earnhardt as they race back to the yellow. Earnhardt will lead them back, and the caution will go out. Now, the laps will not count under this caution, so they'll line up as they come across the start-finish line, so nobody will really lose that much other than Bill Elliott, who's going to drop back at least one position. Let's go back to turn one for a quick recap. Well, it was as Neil Bonnet says, a couple of guys going for the same spot as Elliott and Bodine. With Elliott on the inside, Bodine's car came around. Everybody went high or low on the binders in a hurry. Only K.O. Yarborough spun, and he too has now managed to continue away. Well, the first contact was headed for turn number one. Bodine and Elliott appeared to get together, and then going into turn number one, Earnhardt got into Bill Elliott, and that kind of started things going. Elliott came up into Jeff Bodine. Bodine's car going sideways. Earnhardt jumped right to the bottom of the racetrack. You talk about cool moves and snuck by on the inside. Well, when they started this race off, they introduced the drivers. They had a song to play for each driver. For Cale, it was Darlington County. For Tim Richmond, it was life in the fast lane. They should have kept Olivia Newton-John's physical and played it when they dropped the green flag because that's how it got down there in turn one. Let's go to pit road. Well, they're going to change the all four tires on the Levi Garrett Chevrolet, Mike Joy. There's some damage to the left front fender, but it doesn't appear to to be much of a problem for them. They're just going to change the tires and send him back out there and hope that he can come back up through the pack. Well, they got Kale. They're going to change. Uh, they changed right side tires. And they're going to go to left side, too. But I think he lost a lap during that. Of course, I think he was a lap down anyway, so that'd make him two down. But uh, uh, he's, he's definitely out of it now. Well, this lap does not count. Remember, these last 10 laps must be run under green, although they don't have to be run consecutively. So as the caution flag waved while the cars were still in turn number two, this lap doesn't count. There are still 10 to go, and the excitement is building up here in the Winston. We're at the Charlotte Motor Speedway to conclude the Winston this afternoon, and just when it looked like Bill Elliott might be a shoe-in, not the case. Pace car on pit road. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. They wave the green flag, and Earnhardt gets a good jump on the start. Pulls away from Elliott by about three car lengths, but they're going to chase him hard into turn one. Bill Elliott's now to within a couple of car lanes, and right on Bill Elliott's rear deck is Tim Richmond. Right behind Richmond, Terry Labonte. Those front four cars now having broken away, but off turn number two, using the middle groove, it's Earnhardt showing the way. Big question, how much was Bill Elliott's car beat up in that altercation as he got the race car to come back and challenge Dale Earnhardt as they move through three and four? He's down on the bottom. He's right at Earnhardt's rear deck. They're out of four, headed back to the wire. Elliott slides up the racetrack, doesn't touch Earnhardt, but he's locked right on to him. This will complete lap two of the 10-lap segment. NASCAR conferred, reversed their decision. They did count that first lap, so we're now two down, eight to go. Elliott is still there, right in the tire tracks of Earnhardt. Now to the inside they go. The cars touch. They both maintain the right direction. And off turn number two, Earnhardt leads, and it's Labonte and Richmond moving. Physical indeed, as Elliott made his move and tagged into Earnhardt. That gave the opening to Tim Rich. He moves up on the inside of Bill Elliott. Tries to get the spot. Elliott draws back in front. Now Elliott goes after Earnhardt as they come out of turn four. 
Earnhardt is using every inch of racetrack, and Elliott gets together with him. Earnhardt goes off in the grass, brings the car back onto the speedway, and keeps it in a straight line and holds onto the lead. Unbelievable. They're back in one. Simply remarkable. Back into the corner they go. Elliott is again there, right behind Earnhardt. Again, Labonte trying to peel off number two corner to the inside of Tim Richmond. That's a battle for third, and now Earnhardt and Elliott are side by side. Elliott is going to try the outside line down the back stretch. Into turn three they go. He's going to go in on the outside of Earnhardt. They touch again. Tire smoke side by side, hooked together. Down to the bottom comes Terry Labonte, and he's going to pass them both. Labonte will take the lead. Elliott got muscled out of the way by Earnhardt. Labonte went to the bottom of the racetrack, snookered Earnhardt for the lead, but Earnhardt has more power down the straightaway. They'll be dead even, four cars deep in turn one. Unbelievable racing. Back into the corner they go. Labonte has to yield the inside to Earnhardt. Off the corner, Earnhardt leads. Labonte second, Richmond third. Elliott's coming back. Let's see what Elliott can do. He got shuffled off all the way to four spot. He goes after Tim Richmond as they hit the entrance to turn three. This time Labonte leaves Earnhardt about a car length now. Elliott moves right up under the rear deck of Tim Richmond and gives him a shove. Elliott dives to the inside. This is what the Winston was designed to do, test the ability of the best drivers in the business, and Earnhardt is making him work for any inch of ground they gained on him. He hangs onto the lead back in one. As they work into the corner, behind the front four, some pretty good battling as well, but that fifth place battle is at least five car lanes back. Elliott, he's sideways off turn number two. He gathers it back in, but he's losing distance. Elliott's car breaking loose badly, and as they come by two wide right behind him, Kyle Petty just missed him. Elliott draws back down onto the apron. He is out of contention. Meanwhile, Earnhardt leads Labonte off turn four, about three car lengths ahead of Richmond. Elliott says he has a flat tire. The crew is ready to bring it in. We'll see. Comes down pit road. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead goes back to turn one. And Earnhardt still shows the way. The blue and yellow colors just ahead of the red and white of the Budweiser Chevrolet of Labonte. And Tim Richmond, what a return it would be for him in Winston Cup racing there. One, two, three. Well, if it comes down to a 10-lap shootout based on everything we've seen this year, and in fact, in the last half dozen years, Dale Earnhardt is a good man to put your money on. He is going to be tough to get around. Labonte and Richmond are both right there to give it a shot. Labonte about three lengths back. Car was flat on the Coors Ford. Barney, when he was in here just a few laps ago, that car looked like it just come out of the showroom floor. Now it looks like it's been in a demolition derby. Neil Bonnet hit the nail on the head a moment ago when he told us that whoever wins this race would not be a gentleman and that he would get some negative press. There is no question about that. Meanwhile, it is Earnhardt by two car lengths over Terry Labonte. Right behind him, Tim Richmond. Those three have broken away by about a second on the rest of the field. They're in three. Richmond definitely got a good combination out of Harry, uh, Harry Hyde. They tried to tighten that car up, make it work. It's working much better, although he slides a little high that time out of four. Two laps to go. Earnhardt by a car length. Labonte is there. It's the Chevy show with Richmond back in the third spot. Wallace's Pontiac is fourth, and then Bodine. There can't be a person still sitting here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway as Bodine now works to the outside of Rusty Wallace in their private battle for fourth and fifth, but Earnhardt still leads at the point. Bill Elliott limping on the front straightaway. He will not be a factor at all. Terry Labonte with a really resurgent car from the first segment coming up to try to make one last challenge at Dale Earnhardt. He is about two lengths back as Richmond tries him on the outside. Earnhardt brings him out of turn number four and down to the line. White flag, final lap for them. Earnhardt takes him back into the number one corner. Labonte is two car lengths back then Richmond. It looks like they'll settle in among those front three there in one. It is two car lengths back from first to second, a car length back from second to third. Ironically, the leaders are now closing in on the slowing car of Bill Elliott off turn two. Earnhardt leads. Richmond looks like he wants to make a move on Labonte as they head down the back stretch for the final time. Now Labonte trying to drive it in deep on Earnhardt. Earnhardt comes down to close the door. They're all three glued to the bottom of the racetrack as they head for the finish. They may not catch Elliott before the checkered flag. In 1985, it was Waltrip. Last year, Elliott, the third running of the Winston. It's Earnhardt's by two car lengths over Terry Labonte. Tim Richmond finishes third. 
What a last 10 laps. Barney, it was what they paid to come to see, what NASCAR and Winston and everyone here hoped for, and what a show at the finish. Earnhardt will go to victory lane. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett and see what's happening. It'll be just a moment before he'll get in there and we can get to him, Barney Hall. But yes, there was some hot tempers on pit road as Ernie Elliott and many of the Coors team went over to the Wrangler team. They were pitted right side by side, just a fit between them. And uh, some very harsh words were said we couldn't hear, probably couldn't repeat what, what was said there. But they were very upset. The NASCAR officials got in there very quickly and got them separated. But you're right, tempers were very high. Yeah, there was a bunch of them, Bill. Uh, uh, Kyle Petty got out of his car and run over to Bill and said something to him and took off. And I patted him on the back and I said, who are you mad at? And he said, nobody. And away he went. And then Bill got out of the car and took off toward the truck. So I'm not having much luck here. Well, we'll catch up with some of those guys in just a moment. Now, it appeared that there could have been some contact after the checkered flag right in the middle of the backstretch between Earnhardt and Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine. Whether it was intentional, we can't say because we're just sitting here in the tower. It could whatever, but and you can't really see that close over there, but it looked like the cars did get together. But we'll try to follow up on that before we leave the air. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt has won the Winston. And Neil Bonnet, as we said a moment ago, there's no way to emphasize what he said. The kind of money they're running for, $200,000, the best drivers in the world, nobody's going to give you anything out there those final laps and as as we have documented for the last two years Dale Earnhardt is one of the toughest on the speedways he won't give you anything let's go to Ned Jarrett well a very happy crew here in uh, Victor Lane Richard Childers we'll get to Dale Earnhardt in a moment Richard Childers the car owner Richard he did pull it off but boy it was wild I tell you when a man can bring a car out to grass like he did there he deserved to win you know I'm, a, I'm just proud to be associated with Dale Earnhardt what, what went on up there in the pits after the checkered flag fell? Well, there was, you know, it was a little heat, and everybody will cool down a little bit afterwards, but it's just the way it goes. Okay, well, let's get over here and talk to the man who, who has been the dominant force on the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit this year and then taken the Winston here today. Dale, congratulations. Got a little rough there. Yeah, it did. What happened? Well, uh, you know, a five car and a nine got together down there, spun out on that restart, and... You know, that gave me the lead, and Bill caught up with me, and he turned me sideways off, too, over there. And that didn't bother me too bad, but when he turned me through the infield, it sort of made me hot. Uh, I carried him up the racetrack down, I let him know I was mad about it, and tried to run him in the wall or nothing. He waited on me a lap and tried to run him in the wall. I think I ought to get fined for that. Well, it looks like this Wrangler Chevrolet uh, sort of beat up. Looked like he's been on one of those short tracks around the country. As Dale waves to the, to the crowd here. Well, we're going to let him go and, and just cool off here for just a moment. Dale Earnhardt kind of telling his side of the story over there. Let's check in with Dick Brooks and see if he's caught up with anyone in the garage. <laughs> well, I think we better let everybody cool off over here unless we want to talk to somebody that didn't have anything to do with that. They, uh, uh, a few fists flew here a few minutes ago between Kyle and, uh, and Rusty Wallace. Uh, NASCAR officials broke it up, but it uh, hasn't stopped yet. I, uh, I've been in fights before, but I was always mad. This time I ain't, and and, uh, and the guy get hurt in here if he ain't mad. Well, that was the kind of finish they predicted here for those final 10 laps this afternoon. That's exactly what happened, and it has been a while when everybody said it would be. Even the drivers themselves said, hey, you know, if I get a chance, I'm going to do what I need to do to win the race this afternoon. So, obviously, they're all going to be mad at Dale Earnhardt because he won, and if you didn't win, then you're going to be a little bit ill for different reasons, and that's just exactly what everyone expected, and that's what we saw. It is the kind of event, Barney, as you say, when you're going to shoot him out for 10 laps, and boy, it was a shootout, and Bill didn't have all the ammunition. He got roughed up a bit. He gave a little back, and looking at some of the video replays, it's obvious that it was a lot of give and take. But what surprised me most was that after the first two segments, they came out of the box, took the green flag for this last one, and Elliott did not get the jump, and as such, he couldn't get out front and pull away. 
Well, his car, if it's by itself, seems to run and work a whole lot better. We've seen it all year long, and even last year, when Bill Elliott gets boxed in in traffic, he can't do some of the things with the car that he can when he's running in what we call clean air or all out by himself. And the drivers knew that. They knew on that restart the only shot they had was to box him in a little bit, kind of get him back in traffic and make him have to work, and that's exactly what they tried to do, and that's what everyone anticipated. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Bill Elliott is in the uh, in the garage area, Barney. We're trying to see if we can can get a word with him, and the security people are holding us back. We can't really get quite up there to him. Here it is. Bill, sort of a rough day there. You led most of the way, and then you got a little rough there at the end. Well, I think what Earnhardt did wasn't right. You know, he claimed I did it to him, but I, I was clearly on the bottom of the racetrack, and I was clearly up under him, and he cut down on me. And a man can't say that. We'll, show, we'll run the fans back, and I'll show you. And he clearly let me buy me let me get by and coming down the back straight away and like to run me in the wall in three and four and that ain't racing the way i look at it well bill you're you're we appreciate you coming out and talking to us sorry it had to end up the way it did after the way you ran today but the thing of it is the car was clearly better than his and i could have beat him and there was no problem about it but if a man's got to put you out to beat you that ain't what i call race okay that's bill elliott's side of the story that's the way he feels about it here this afternoon. And as everybody has pointed out, it's not surprising that tempers kind of flared like that. It's all over here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and as Mike said, they'll be talking about this one for a long time. Earnhardt is the winner. Terry Labonte finishes second. Tim Richmond third. Jeff Bodine credited in fourth position. Then Rusty Wallace fifth. Sixth to Kyle Petty. Seventh to Morgan Shepard. Eighth to Bobby Allison. Finishing ninth to Darrell Waltrip. And rounding out the top ten, Benny Parsons. Earnhardt the winner in the Winston. Buddy Baker won the Winston Open earlier this afternoon. In the Winston, Terry Labonte finishes second. Recapping again quickly. Third went to Tim Richmond, fourth to Jeff Bodine, and fifth to Rusty Wallace. Special thanks from MRN to Humpy Wheeler, Ed Clark, and all the folks at Charlotte Motor Speedway for their cooperation and assistance in our broadcast of the Winston and the Winston Open today. Martha Oliver and Louise Frazier were on the scoring loop this afternoon. Winston Kelly... Uh, was one of our spotters. Also, Ted Stone assisted us in helping get the broadcast on the air. Clay Stalka and Harry Howard to be commended for their efforts. From the press box, the winner is, ta-da, Goody's Headache Award, Bill Elliott, uh, by a nearly unanimous choice to take home the sample of Goody's Headache Powder and the cash award that goes with it here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The third running of the Winston is history Dale Earnhardt and the Wrangler Chevrolet crew are in victory lane. For Eli Gold, Dave Despain, Dick Brooks, and Ned Jarrett, And for Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Earnhardt on his victory. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.